Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 90, the big nine zero, and it is Tuesday, September 19th, 2017. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and you hear echoing because Carl didn't turn his speakers down. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Right. I thought I did. I thought I did, but I only turned it halfway. All right. Well, you know, hey, you know, we roll with the punches, you know. Uh, with me as always... As you know, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good, y'all? Yes, and we are on Facebook Live once again. We are on the road to episode 100, man. And it's, uh, and man, it's, and what a road it has been. Uh, speaking of, since we are on episode 90, we're going to be talking about all things 90s in our, in our main discussion. Favorite stuff in the 90s, movies, video games, books, TV shows, albums, anything 90s. I was a kid having fun. I had no time for books. That I'm sorry. It sounds so awful, but yeah. I was a kid having fun. I wanted to go. I used to go outside and play. Me too. He go outside. Yeah, he yeah, did. Inside the damn house all the time. I, I went outside most a lot, of, a lot of the time, and I had time to read books. Name a game that you used to play outside. Uh, Manhunt, wrestling, tag. You got your ass beat a wrestler, did you? Yeah, I'm 50-50. I, I won some and I lost some, but I lived. I lived to fight another, another day. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, the, the 90s, man. What what a time. What a what a glorious decade it was. But uh, we will talk about that uh, later on at uh, at the top of our program. Uh, got a bunch of things that uh, that I've that we've been up to. Um, I'll I'll start off. Uh, first off, you know, since today is Tuesday, September nineteenth, that meant that this beautiful film just dropped on Blu-ray, and this is Wonder Woman, the only good film in the DCEU so far. And I bought the uh, Target uh, Digibook exclusive edition. You research these special editions, don't you? I did. I did. Wait, wait, wait. Yep. So it's a lenticular cover. It's not steel. It's not a steel book. It's not a steel book because Best Buy steel book is you have to, it comes with the um, ultra 4K HD disc version. Which so why don't you get it? Because I don't have an HD ultra HD player. Why don't you? Because I don't want one. You're you're sad. You're a sad individual. Please, man. I swear, if I had the money, I would have been on that 4K revolution. But it's still coming. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I decided to opt for the uh, uh, Target's Digibook version with the lenticular cover, which hey, you know, one changes. Hey, one yeah, of your uh, students is shouting you out. Oh, who's this? Matthew J. Longo. Hey, what's going on, Matthew? Yeah, so so yeah, you know, I bought this uh, d- d- sweet Digibook. It comes with a 64-page excerpt of the Wonder Woman making of the film art book. You know, which has some pretty cool, you know, little snapshots here and there of the from the film and some, you know, concept conceptual artwork. Also comes with the uh, obviously the Blu-ray and the DVD version of the film. So I can't wait to dig into this uh, later on uh, when I have the time, because uh, Wonder Woman is uh, one of the best comic book films released this year. My second favorite behind Logan. And uh, speaking of movies, uh, what else? What else have I been up to? I actually watched a really freaky and divisive movie. No uh, surprise there. Yeah, this past weekend, and in fact, more more divisive than 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 usual. And I'm surprised that Paramount 
a mainstream studio gave this movie a mainstream release because this is not a mainstream release at all. It shouldn't be. It's a Darren Aronofsky's latest film called Mother. And I I think I came across a commercial for that. Well, if you've seen any commercials or trailers for it, it gives you the impression that it's a horror movie. It is not. It, 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 there's plenty of horrifying things to be had in the film, but it's not your conventional horror movie. Um, Mother stars uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, uh, Ed Harris, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Jennifer, Lo- Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer. I say hi, Cheryl. Yeah, uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She call me handsome. Cool. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, she plays, uh, th- these are all unnamed characters. Uh, she plays the mother in the film, who is this wife of this of this well-known and famous poet, uh, played by Javier Bardem. They live in this uh, this remote house in, in the middle of nowhere. And um, and, and Jennifer Lawrence, she's like this, a, sort of like a, a put-upon, sort of, sort of like an emotionally put-upon uh, housewife. She's, she spends her time, you know, tending the house, you know, taking care of the home, you know, repainting certain walls, you know, cleaning things up. And Javier Bardem, his character is struggling with writer's block. He's trying to come up with the perfect poem, like, to get him back in the game. And um, their idyllic, their idyllic uh, home life uh, is, uh, is actually uh, disturbed when Ed Harris uh, appears out of nowhere, he shows up at their doorstep, and he, you know, he claims to be a really big fan of uh, uh, Bardem's character's work. And, and uh, not long after he arrives, his wife, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who's rude as shit in this film, but she has a delicious performance where she's just totally off-putting. She, like, she keeps... Like she's so rude. Like she keeps asking Jennifer Lawrence, like, "Oh, so when are you gonna have kids?" You know, Didn't she have a great performance. Out of all the words that you use, you could have used you you use delicious. I mean, no, because like the the fact that she you could tell that she relished playing such a horrible person. Okay, you could still <laughs> use another term. She had a extraordinary performance. I want to I want to go that far, but it was very good. You could have said a very good performance, but no, you said delicious. It don't. Was weird. By the way, hi Debbie. Yeah, don't hate me. To work with Debbie. Cool. Don't hate me because I have a vocabulary and you don't. Anyway, rather extensive vocabulary. Yeah, sure you do. But um, but less is more. But mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, she has a delicious performance and like she's so rude as shit and uh, and and that's the first act in the film and uh, eventually their their two sons show up at the, at the door and that's when shit gets real. Now I really can't spoil mother. I really can't get too deep into it without giving away everything. But the the, the thing the thing to get. The thing to understand about Mother is that it becomes really apparent that all the characters in the film are basically metaphors of, of, of you know, big metaphysical concepts. And the whole story itself is actually could be read as an allegory of like the story of Christianity or like the, the price of fame, like like how fame destroys not only the celebrity, not, not so much the celebrity, but the, those surrounding the celebrity, like his immediate family and friends. Um, it could be a, 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 it could somehow also be read as like a metaphor for climate change as well, if you want to dig into that as well. But I will say that um, uh, all all of the trailers really really do this film a disservice because it's not a horror film, it's not a conventional film by any means, and this movie is divisive in the sense that it's not for everybody. As a matter of fact, I will say that the third act of the film, which I won't spoil, went crossed the line even for me. And I've seen some dark shit. I've yeah, you love dark shit. Hi, Crystal. What up, Sylvia? Congrats, Sylvia. Yeah, and um, like the 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 third act of the film, like I thought that Darren Aronofsky went just 
a step too far. He he didn't have to go all the way like that. He could have he could have done it in a different way, which still would have been been as impactful. But doesn't he usually like cross the line? Not all the time. Like he he like he has a, he like he's not afraid of like being like sh- getting to the nitty gritty, like being showing like the harshness of of life and reality. I'll say like the, the farthest he's gone before this movie was Requ- Requiem for a Dream, which was which was is an NC seventeen film for a reason because that film, woo, shit. I, I I've only seen that film once, but it's burned into my brain. That's how powerful that movie is, and Mother is has the same impact. Um, don't go into Mother expecting a conventional film, but if you're looking for an art house, a macabre, twisted, and thoroughly fucked up art house film, a Victor ass movie, um, which it could be a Victor movie, but. Um, it it, it it there were there were it, it did it did it did cross a couple lines where even I was discomforted, where dis, was discomforted. So that should tell you something right there. But I do recommend the film if you're adventurous and if you're in the mood for something that's you know unlike anything you've seen this year. Um, it's uh it's a film that I recommend if it, it's not for weak stomachs, especially for the third act. So uh, that's all I gotta say. So, Mother, check it out if you dare. Um, also, the second film that I saw, it's on Netflix. And it's a new film directed by Angelina Jolie. And it's called First They Killed My Father. And it's based on the true story of this, uh, this Cambodian woman, uh, Long Ung, who uh, is, is, is her, it's her life story. And she, uh, the main, she plays the main character. Well, not Long Ung herself, but the main character is, is a five-year-old version of her. And it takes place in 1975, uh, Khmer Rouge, uh, Cambodia, where the Khmer Rouge took over uh, the country, and they've had a reign of terror where they subjected uh, millions of Cambodians to like death camps, and including Long Ung's family. And the whole film takes place from her perspective as a five-year-old, and you see her siblings. They're a middle-class family, and then like, they're subjected to these death camps. And like the whole film was really, it's it's a powerful movie, and like I. You know, being being Cambodian myself, you know, my mom, she, that's actually her story, too, because she... I was actually getting ready to ask you that, because I believe you mentioned that in a episode a long time ago. Yeah, one of the earlier episodes of Codex Prime. Yeah, I, I did I did say that my mom, she is a survivor of the Khmer Rouge uh, uh, regime, and um, this was her story, too. So uh, the film was, was really powerful, and what I liked about it was that um, it, it didn't shy away from the harshness of 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 that reality but it wasn't it wasn't a preachy film it wasn't histrionic it didn't like like it it, it didn't pull a mel gibson where it's like oh wall-to-wall violence here and there you should be feel sad now no like angelina jolie she did a really good job in being restrained and like letting like like letting the atmosphere and the and like the surrounding like you know chaos and tragedy speak for itself like you know what's going on but you know the film doesn't you know go all the way with you know being ex- exploitative so um it's a it's a film that i really recommend guy people check out it's i would say in my view it's angelina jolie's best directorial feature i think this is a th- her third or fourth film that she's Was directed that wanted one of hers no she started wanted oh, okay. um she also directed um uh, uh unbroken mm-hmm. uh, which i haven't seen but i heard i heard it was good um she did in the land of blood and honey which was all right. Um, she also did By the Sea, which got some pretty bad reviews. 
Um, but this one, first they killed my father. It's an excellent film. It's on Netflix. Check it out if you want to learn more about the Khmer Rouge and you know a, a crucial uh, po- point uh, in Cambodian history. Oh, and uh, Congo said I heard it was good, but be on the lookout for the Congo movie, Hot Chocolate, the Wild Man Congo story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for that. You know, if, you would want to watch that. Huh? I mean, if, if it's a comedy, because you know, I'm, you know, I mean, I did. Like I said, these two films that I just reviewed, it's like double. It's a double feature of yeah, depression. You need some freaking sunshine in your life, shit. Yeah, it's a double feature of depression, but you know, it's uh, hey, you know, you got to roll with the punches. I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> I got a lot. That's too dark. That's just sad. Well, I mean, okay, the Angelina Jolie movie, you know, it's a good little historical drama, if you can say. Oh yeah. Say, I'm not sure if the, the, were the characters real. I, yeah, they were, were they based on real characters or was it yeah. like a historical fiction? Oh uh, yeah, they were based on real characters. Oh, okay, then maybe I would probably watch it because I kind of you know I'm a fan of like documentaries or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Yeah, you, you should maybe watch it. you should watch. I feel like being sad and. Well, if you want to learn something about history, that's then... probably the only thing. I could do. That's my only like way I would probably watch it. Watch it is if I if I'm in the mood to like learn something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I recommend watching that, but Mother... Mm, nah, I ain't gonna watch that. Yeah. Um, I, I, w- I, w- I feel like I'd be a jerk if I recommended that film to to, to other people, that at least people in our circle. You pretty much did, so my... Well, no, no, no. Like, I'd say, like, <clears throat> if if you dare, if you want to see something totally different, but it's... Oof, it'll have you talking. It'll have you talking, man. All right. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, what have you been up to, man? <laughs> okay, well, um, I actually finished uh, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Nice. It's actually, if you are a fan of the Uncharted series, mm-hmm. this one doesn't dis- disappoint. Oh, good. It's good. um, yeah, it's a standalone. <clears throat> Damn it, Carl! Now I want a monster. Carl's advertising over here, dude. <laughs> I literally worked last night and this morning. I'm doing this podcast, and then I'm going back to work tonight. I needed this. <laughs> but no, if you're really a fan of the Uncharted series, this is definitely like worth it. It's its own standalone uh, feature. The standalone game um, that features uh, Chloe Frazier mm-hmm. and um, Nadine Ross. Oh. Chloe hires Nadine to uh, find the tusk of Ganesh. Mm-hmm. And the story is located in India. It's only 10 chapters, which um, like the stand, like uh, any other Uncharted game is usually about like, 20 to 24 chapters mm-hmm. but it's still worth it you still i mean the mechanics are still the same it's i mean and spoiler sam drake is in it as well oh cool so oh, it's like God. and you and they mention nate but they don't really like get into it like i guess his chapter is like finally done mm-hmm. maybe but i can actually see how i can actually see like chloe getting another game hmm. okay now, exactly. now, Lost Legacy does it take does it take place after Uncharted Four? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Destiny Two. Have you played Destiny Two at all? Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't play multiplayer. No, you I don't play, play any. You don't play anything with a second that requires a second controller. No, I, I have multiplayer games. Well, not not multiplayer only games, but I have games like with multiplayer modes. Okay, Destiny Two. Yeah, I haven't even played it yet. Yeah, I played <laughs> I, I played the first one, but that was about it. So yeah, and then um, so yeah, Uncharted Lost Legacy, get it? It's only forty bucks. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Well, well, well worth it. All right. I will. And um, last night, I kept the, I caught the VH1 Hip Hop Honors 90s Game Changers. Okay. So, um, perfect timing for our discussion for today. Mm Mm-hmm. So the honorees were Martin Lawrence, Jermaine Dupree, and Master P together. Oh, man. Hype Williams. Wow. And Mariah Carey. That's quintessential 90s right there. Right. And it's, it should, it could have been, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It could have been done a whole lot better, but it was like how, but it's like they really try to, cram a whole decade into one hour mm. like you've seen those vh1 i love the 90s specials and stuff like yeah they're like five different they're like five different episodes mm. on certain different like um parts of the 90s yeah but it's like it, they basically feature hip-hop but it was like there was just so much like they honored martin because of martin mm-hmm. one of the landmark shows and like they mentioned like other shows like that were landmarks like in Living Color, Fresh Prince, and whatever. And but you know, Martin still like still to this day, Martin came on afterwards, and I'm like, I don't remember this episode. Hmm. Like you can still, it's like you still catch new Martin episodes. Yeah, you know, I'm the same way with Fresh Prince too. You know, it's funny like with uh, Martin and Fresh Prince, like those are two shows where like I can still watch an episode over and over again, and it's still funny every time. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. Correct. Mariah Carey performed. She performed like two songs. Mm-hmm. Basically her song, Honey, the So-So Dev remix and the Bad Boy remix. Uh, Mace was there, the locks is in it. But it's like, Mariah Carey, Congo says, Mariah looks stiff as a board. Mariah Carey couldn't even walk. She wore these like extra pointy stilettos where like every time, like every time she walked, mm-hmm. the dancers had to like escort her. <laughs> and like they would take the cut, they would take like the camera off her, put her on the dancers for a while, and then next mm-hmm. thing you know, she's sitting on a jet ski. Then they'll do it again, and then next mm-hmm. thing you know, she's in a helicopter. She mm-hmm. didn't even have a speech when they gave her a reward. Her award, they just mm-hmm. she was just sitting in the helicopter. She gets it, says thank you, and show was over. Wow. Um, okay. Tiana Taylor did her thing. She was like dancing, and I heard she had a broken foot. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me see. They had Ty Dolla Sign singing "This Is How We Do It," but mm. yet they had a car, they had a commercial. I think it was like Geico. It was a Geico commercial mm. with Montel Jordan huh. selling a product called "This Is How We Do It." Wow, Montel Jordan still around? Oh yeah, he's like a minister now, mm. but I think he st- he still performs like his old classic hits. Okay. Um, Regina, yeah, Regina was a host when they was honoring Martin. They had Apion Crockett playing Dragonfly Jones. Um, <laughs> another comedian was um, Otis, the security guard. Mm-hmm. And then Regina Hall came out on, walking around on her knees playing Roscoe. Boogers <laughs> nice. on her nose and everything and stuff. But I'm like, y'all missing two characters. Uh, who else did he play? Ooh. I wanted to see Jerome. Jerome, yes. Jerome was one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, he was one of my favorite characters, and Shanene, of one of the most iconic characters in the whole in the whole series. Yeah, <laughs> and n- nobody came out as her. Mm. That's a um, shame. Hype William, Hype Williams, I enjoyed because he put together like a little video package of like some of his videos that he directed in the nineties. Yeah, he and of course of they ones. directed that iconic scene in a movie that I'm sure you 
Your little uppity bougie ass probably hated. What? Belly. I watched Belly. But did you like it? I thought it was Your fine. Your uppity bougie no, ass. No, hold on, hold like on. I thought, I thought Belly was fine. But it was obvious that most of those most of those cats could not act worth a lick, especially Nas. I enjoyed Belly. Nas was like Belly oh. was a great story. Nas was like, oh, he, oh, he, he like T Boz was his wife, right? If yeah. I remember, he's like, oh, T Boz, I got shot. Let's go to Africa now. Really? That that was the arc of his character. Yeah, bougie ass. <laughs> Belly was average. I like the story, but anyway, like, but you can't mess with that iconic scene at the beginning of the movie. When Nas and DMX were walking through the club mm-hmm. to Soda Souls, how do you want it? To oh. the acapella where they go to shoot up the club, the, was the that, owner of the club. Was that like where they were? It was like glow in the dark. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, visually, Belly was had excellent cinematography, though. I will give it that. And and uh, but but the movie doesn't hold up. I'm sorry. I could still watch Belly and still enjoy it. The soundtrack is fire, though. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're not even gonna. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah. but still, I could still watch Belly. Uh, I mean, it, it's just like it, it's a good, it's just it's like a good looking community theater film, because like in, in terms of like the, the quality of the acting, you got to admit. I mean, although I will say like, like the final scene where DMX, you know, uh, uh, has that monologue with the minister, right? I thought that was kind of deep. Oh, it was definitely deep. Um, yeah. I mean, I just I enjoyed the story. For, what, for such as it was, yeah, it was you know a basic you know basic you know drug war story, but I yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed it for that. Mm. Like I know rappers, not all rappers are, are good actors. That's true. Yeah, what Tupac and Hello Cool Hello Cool J, Ice T, Ice T. I like Ice Cube's acting mostly mm. when in his comedic. No, he he's done some good work. Yeah, no, yeah, I won't put him as a top actor, but nah. No, he's he's perfectly serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So um, so yeah. Oh, Missy Elliott performed. Opened uh, up the show. Fire. She performed her song. She's a bitch. Ah. Uh, Ball head and all. Oh snap. Ripped it. Nice. Ripped it. But yeah, at the same time, it's like there was so much, you know, so much of the '90s that it's like oh, it was literally crammed into like an hour and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So it could have been like it could have been like. It could have been like executed way, way better. Okay. But um if you catch it, just watch it for what it was and then hmm. I'd like to hear I would like to hear y'all thoughts on it. Oh, nice. So just email us. Cortexpinepodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. What we got for news and headlines? Uh we got some got some news coming down the pike uh, this I week. Docket, so you you're gonna have to do that. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to print out another copy of the docket. Uh, unless you want to like switch off, you know. No, you got it. All right. Uh, well, uh, some news and headlines. First off, uh, Game of Thrones is filming multiple endings for season eight. I read that. Yes, and we posted that on our uh, Facebook page. Um, it says that due I did to do that. <laughs> yep. Uh, due to multiple leaks of season seven, HBO will be shooting multiple endings of their eighth and final season in order to avoid leaks that will spoil the actual ending. Uh, hackers uploaded drafts of five scripts uh, from last season before they aired, and they even uh, aired the well. They uploaded the fourth episode, uh, "The Spoils of War," way ahead of its uh, Sunday night airing. Uh, production for season eight does begin next month. And an extended production period may push the final season to debut in 2019. I'm still mad we have to wait that long. Yeah, me too. 
but um, I think it'll be worth the wait. You know, good things. It better be. <laughs> it really better be. Yeah. But then I would like to see all of those multiple endings. Yeah, I, I would too. Like, so hopefully, if they ever release like a box set, which would be definitely be worth buying. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that will come with it. Yeah, just just to be curious to see like what they what what other alternatives they they filmed. Um, another another news: uh, True Lies. Remember that movie? Uh, a T- Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, and Tom Arnold. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a TV remake of True Lies is in development right now. It is. Uh, Fox uh, will be producing the TV re- remake of James Cameron's 1994 action flick. Uh, and uh, Mick G, who directed Terminator Salvation, will be directing the hour-long TV pilot of the new series. And uh, Mark Guggenheim, who's the co-creator of Arrow, he will be writing the script for the pilot. And he'll be, and he'll be executive producing along with Cameron. Uh, interestingly, uh, True Lies has not appeared on Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. It's, 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 on, it's, it's on a musty-ass like uh, non-anamorphic DVD. So it's like when you watch it, it's letterboxed. So it's like a, it's literally it's like, a, it's like a small rectangle. It's not even anamorphic. Do you have it? Nah. I mean, I like the movie, but because like the the DVD is letterboxed, I didn't even bother. Congo says she could have gotten it in that scene. <laughs> oh, you talking about the the striptease, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis? Hey, she was looking good. She was looking good in that. Yeah, but I, and I will. You were kids, we know better. Hey. Hey, Jamie Lee Curtis is still all right, but hey, you know what? Um, another film of James Cameron's that hasn't been on uh, DVD, not hasn't been on Blu-ray, is The Abyss. Still not on Blu-ray. You sound pretty upset about that. I am because The Abyss is is a great film, and it's I would say it's his most underrated work. That film is awesome, and 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 to see that on on a booty ass letterbox DVD, ew, gross. That that's an insult. That's like a slap in the face right there. It's gonna be okay, man. Yeah, I'm, it's gonna be okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm working through Life it. Life is great. Smile. Life is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, some other news here. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Speaking of her, uh, she's actually returning for a new Halloween film. Uh, Curtis will 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 reprise her role from the 1978 classic as Laurie Strode, and she will face off face Michael Myers for a final showdown. Uh, this new film, which is simply titled Halloween, is scheduled for October 19th of next year. Uh, David Gordon Green will be directing. He directed Pineapple Express. And he'll also be uh, writing the screenplay with Danny McBride. Um, sure. They're bringing back every, all the other old franchises. Why not? I mean, well, it's interesting because like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was in Halloween H2O, and she was killed off at the, be- at the beginning of the film. I've seen H2O. It was it was nothing special. Like LL Cool J was in it. I remember that. Yeah, um, but I, but apparently, like this Halloween's supposed to be like you know, I, I guess it's like full circle going back to the first film. So it's like their final showdown, brother versus sister, and all that. So hey, I'm, yeah, I'm down. And plus, it's got a good creative team behind it. So looking forward to it. Uh, other other sequel news. Finally, it has been confirmed. John Wick Chapter Three is official. All right, cool. Yes, uh, Lionsgate announced that that film will arrive May 17th, 2019, same year as Game of Thrones. Uh, Derek Kolstad, who wrote the scripts for the first two films, will be writing the third feature, but there's no word on who will direct. Um, hopefully it'll be Chad Stileski again, because he did such an excellent job with the first two. And have you seen John Wick yet? I still haven't. 
You got it's like it, sitting there and I'm just like, I got to do it. I got to do it. It's even on HBO now. Oh, you got to see it, man. And I was just like, you know what? The only time I can finally, wa- like, that I can, like, actually watch TV mm-hmm. is when I'm, um, A, not working, which is late at night and I know I'm going to fall asleep. So I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep watching this. I don't. I don't. So I'll just, like, throw on something and then I'll end up falling asleep, like, 20 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yo, you gotta like at this weekend. I was actually really sick this past weekend, and I didn't. And I was like, "Bro, it was football all day that day." Yeah. And yes, I already saw the slander. My Cowboys got their asses handed to them. Oh, the cut. Who did they lose to? The Broncos. Okay. They they outplayed us. Mm. I already saw. I already saw the slander from earlier. So I've been hearing it, but it's time to move on. Yeah, it's 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 one game out of unlike that. Uh, yeah, last year we was we had the same record last year, and we had like a milestone season last year. Yeah, like you guys were thirteen and three. Oh, that's a pretty good record. That's a very good record. Mm. So each so each team has sixteen games right in the season. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so you know they'll they'll hopefully yeah, Green Bay back. got their asses whooped too, mm. and I didn't even stay up for that game. Yeah, I was sick. So uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, football. Um, shouldn't it be although it should be called handball. When you think about it. And uh, another thing, too, I do want to shout out. Last night, I DJed at um, I Love Kickboxing mm-hmm. in, um, North Providence, in North Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, it was an awesome show. It was like the awesome class. It was the 80s night. Mm-hmm. So I was just playing like nothing but 80s except for like somebody requested like those old school hair bands. Oh. <laughs> and I had absolutely none. Oh, man. I, even, I just didn't even think about it. I played Bon Jovi. I think that, I don't know if that counts. Yeah, why not? But as you know, no playoffs for them boys. Hold on, sir. It's too early. But anyway, like, um, yeah, somebody who loved Wayne's World. Mm. I should have known better. Nah. But yeah, can't wait to DJ. Can't wait to DJ again for them. Nice. That's what's up. And uh, uh, wrapping up the headlines here, we have uh, two uh, two. Uh, Dearly departed uh, headlines wow. here. Uh, first one uh, of a uh, legendary character actor Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, he passed away Friday at the age of ninety one. I don't care about that one. Um, no, he was a uh, he w- he was featured in over a hundred projects over a fifty year career. Uh, he started in f- he he was in films such as Alien, uh, Paris, Texas, uh, Repo Man, Twin Peaks, uh, Fire Walk with Me, as as well as the uh, Showtime uh, reboot, Twin Peaks: The Return. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also was in the Avengers. He had a cameo as the security guard who who encounters Bruce Banner, like after he falls from the the shield. Oh snap! Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like um, he said he had, he had like one lines like you know your butt naked son right yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I remember. It was him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton. His his last film, uh, Lucky, is set to come out uh, September 29th. And uh, yeah, legendary character actor, man. He's he's done a lot of good stuff. So R.I.P. My friend, long life. And uh, last uh, last headline here. This one was a a shot in the gut too. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. 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 Uh, died at, passed away Sunday at the age of seventy three. Uh, legendary manager, color commentator. Um, man, uh, what 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 are your thoughts on uh, the brain? It, it's an unfortunate passing. I mean, I. Unfortunately, like I knew that he was very sick for a long time, and then mm-hmm. within his later years, like he was just you wouldn't have recognized him. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just glad that he's not really suffering through all you know through his throat cancer and all his other um, all his other health problems anymore. Like, cause 
you know, for somebody who was who was great with his voice and his mouth, like it mm-hmm. it was heartbreaking that he just couldn't talk. Yeah. That was like a grim irony right there. Yeah, so um and he was and just like yeah, Eddie, you're right. He was the greatest manager ever, like literally mm-hmm. the best to ever do it. I remember buying I, I know I still have it somewhere, the um wrestling's greatest managers. Mm-hmm. And he I mean they highlighted, you know, the Grand Wizard, Ernie Roth, Arnold Scolin, Sensational Sherry, like all these other ones, but Bobby was the man. Mm, the absolutely. brain was the man. He can do it. And then not to mention his old um the old show he had, the name escape and the name's escaping me right now, but with Gorilla Monsoon, oh, like them prime, two was priceless. Oh, like, primetime wrestling. Right, yeah. yes. That that was just hilarious. And then my honestly, the one moment that always stood out to me about Bobby Heenan was WrestleMania nine when he came out when he came out backwards to the camel. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. Classic, classic scene. So Oh yeah. Absolutely, and and Bobby the Brain Heenan, man, he was so witty. He was just so clever on the mic. Like he had one-liners for days and days. Yeah, he was an asshole. He was a certified <laughs> asshole, but he was hilarious. Yeah, like like him and Gorilla Monsoon. Like like before before Jr. and the King, there was Heenan and yeah. Monsoon. Yeah, and like their commentary was just the stuff of legend. Like the Heenan's one-liners being the heel, and like every time he'll say something like off the cuff or like out of line like gorilla monsoon will be like oh would you, will you, you stop? stop it <laughs> <laughs> oh man like the, the i remember like one fun one uh funny one-liner was where um you remember the that iconic moment where uh sean michaels threw money Janetti through the barbershop window yeah, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Well, well Bobby the Brain Eaton had the nerve to say, like, oh, look, Marty Jannetty's trying to escape by jumping through the window. What an act of cowardice. <laughs> I'm like, only the brain would spin it like that. But, yeah, yeah like, and, and even when he was in WCW, like, uh, even though he had, he had, he was frustrated during his time there. Who wasn't? Oh yeah, because like he had he had he had a bunch of ideas that he tried to uh, give to Eric Bischoff, but Bischoff like told him like, look, who we, didn't? Yeah, he was like, we didn't hire you for your ideas. We hired you to color commentate, and then Heenan phoned it in a lot. And even when he phoned it in, he was still funny. Oh, Heenan was hilarious. And only one person got under his skin. Uh, was it t- Tony Schiavone? Nope. Who who was it? Brian Pillman. Oh, oh, he, oh, yeah. I remember there was like. Like uh, like he said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, something like that. And he like walked out, and then he came out and apologized. That's the only person I got under his skin. Yeah, rest in peace to him too. But mm. yeah, so Bobby the Brain, man. And I love the pa- I love the packages that they did for him on Raw. Yeah, that that was a very good tribute as well. David WWE's always been good for that. Oh yeah, and uh, and I hear that his uh, his DVD of his documentary was excellent too. I oh yeah, it's on the network. Oh nice, I'll I'll definitely sit down and watch that. So yeah, Bobby the Brain, like definitely the greatest uh, manager in professional wrestling history. And I will say that, like, if, like, if Heenan didn't lose his voice, like, if he was still around, oh, he, he still like, would have been. Oh, he would have been hilarious now, like, especially like because you know, it was a, when you get old, you don't give a fuck. Yeah. You say whatever the hell you want. I was actually at a I was actually at a conference, um, for my job earlier this week, and one of the one of the nuns, she's actually. Either she just no, she's about to turn eighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Janet, real nicely. She always comes by and she always comes back every year and teaches us. Yeah. And she, and one thing that she said just had me dying was, you know, the best thing about going my getting my age is that you can flirt with any guy you want and just no, and you just don't care. Hmm. That's, that's, and I'm like, you know what? That is true. Yeah. Old people will say what the hell they want. Yeah. And you can't do shit about it. 
That's true. It's like, hey, I got one foot in the grave. What do I got to lose? <laughs> exactly. That's a mean way to think about it, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll say like Bobby Keenan, like he was so funny that like, like, like I said, if he was still alive, like he he would have easily he could have easily like crossed over and like to like comedy movies or like stand up comedy. He was that good. Yeah, I, I wish he did. Yeah. Oh my god, I would have been hilarious. Oh yeah. But yeah, like so for any students of the wrestling game, like anybody who's studying to be not only not not just managers, but just studying to be like just witty, good promos, Bobby Heenan is definitely one of the classes you got to take. So yeah, definitely. R.I.P. to the brain, man. Gone but never forgotten. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's that does it for the news and headlines. And uh, since we are on episode ninety, it is only fitting that we talk about the nineties, our favorite stuff and things from that decade: movies, albums, books. Except for you, because you don't read TV shows. I do, yo, you're a motherfucker. You know, what <laughs> I, swear. I have recommended books to you that you're like, nope, nope, wait, nope, nope. I'd rather not. So oh, please, a bougie ass. I am not bougie, okay? Like bougie as shit. I am. Not, I am not bougie, okay? I am quite open minded. You acting like I'm Tiffany? You from... are not open minded. I am open minded. You, you want to prove it to me? Okay. All right. Read Charlemagne's book and actually give a full review on the podcast. Done. Done. And you know what? I will take. I will watch two Criterion films of your choice. Okay. Okay. This is the, shake on it. We will shake on it. All right. It, you see, you've seen it here. You see yes. It. I I will read uh, Charlemagne the God's book. Yep. And I will re- I'll bring it next week. Okay. Good. I'm in the mood for some good reading material. All right. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> so yes, the '90s. You know, a time of a uh, you know New Jack Swing. You know, I freaking love the New Jack Swing era. Like, oh, man. as a matter of fact, one thing I will say, good thing about one good thing about the. Um, VH1 hip hop honors last night. Yeah, I want to DJ a '90s jam. By all means, yeah. That's... Like just a '90s theme party. Like everybody, like people just dressing up in their crisscross. They never brought. They they didn't bring up crisscross at all. Well, I think one of them passed away. I forgot who. Oh, um, the Dawson one, Chris Kelly. Ah, uh, yeah. But like, they didn't even like. They missed out on a lot, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in the nineties, it was a it was a hell of a decade. You know, like I'm a gr- child of the nineties, as Aris loves <laughs> when I say. I mean, it was a great decade. It was a time where Undertaker was able to walk under his own power. You know, hey, you you you're a dick. You know that <laughs> you said that you would stop. All right, that, that was and my you only, said it. No, you're an asshole. That, that, that was you're my only an time. asshole. That was my only time. But uh, but yeah, I see you. Um, I see you got a lot of copious notes. A lot so of good- I basically just put together like. Top fives of like various different subjects of the nineties. Okay. So um I guess I'm gonna take it away. So I'm gonna start with my top five albums since I'm a hip hop head, mm-hmm. uh a DJ and whatever. I'm just, yeah, I'm gonna start with my top five albums. Yeah. Um they're in no particular order, by the way. Okay. I ain't have time. I ain't have that much time. Mm. So um I'm gonna start off with Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Okay. Ninety two. Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Mm. Shout out to my cousin Claudel for that. I mean, he wore that tape out. And not even the CD, son. The cassette. No, nah, it was a tape. He wore that out. Mm. And I was hanging around him a lot. So, yeah, I listened to that. You know, Little Bow Wow was on that album, right? He was? Yeah. You know, um, when he was like, you're on my motherfucking album. You better ask somebody. 
wow. That was Little Bow Wow. And he was in the video for Gin and Juice. Wow. Okay. He was like, he was little. He had to have been about like four. <laughs> well, the more you know. Yeah. So, yeah, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. Yes. One of the greatest albums ever made. I think I first started swearing listening to that album. For really? Just because ain't nothing like the one I got. No one can, you bet. <laughs> um, with the exception of Illmatic and It Was Written, mm-hmm. I have to say Nas's I Am album, hmm. which came out in 99. That was just the one I bla- I blasted the most. I mean, that, wasn't a, that was a great album. Yeah. Um... Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Yes. I, yeah. This is my favorite MJ album ever. Mine too. Um, and another honorable mention, Rough Riders Volume 1. Ride or Die Volume 1. <laughs> oh that was the soundtrack. As a matter of fact, Eddie, I know you're still watching. That was the soundtrack of our summer of 99. Yes. That album was like we, I literally was at his on. I was at his house almost every day. Mm-hmm. We would sit on his porch and listen to that album over and over and over again. Mm. I mean, there were some bangers on that album. Man. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, the... What Y'all Want with Eve, Jigga mm-hmm. Mike. Yeah, um, yeah. I get the, the intro, like, I can't even remember like all the names off the top of my head. Even the song with Parlay was dope. It was a slow jam. Edmund hated that song, but... <laughs> I used to get mad at him when you skip over it, but it was his copy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I had my portable CD player. I listened to that. I listened to it then. I, li- I mean, I, w- I actually still have it. I think it's still in decent condition. Mm. Yes, yes, it was. We blasted the shit out of it. Yes, we did. Oh man! So go ahead, bring me your, bring me, break down your top five albums. All right, I will. Um, you know, you know uh, real quick on the Rough Riders thing. That song "What You Want" by Eve. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Like it takes me back to ninth grade. Where yep. um, I, there was this girl that I was crushing on in oh, ninth grade, <laughs> and and like I thought we had enough of that from last episode. No, no, no it was real quick. Like it was just a funny thing. Like like there was a girl that I was crushing on in, in the ninth grade, and I took Eve's "What Y'all Want" and I remixed the lyrics, and I wrote and I wrote a whole rap to this girl using the beat from that song. <laughs> Ooh, how far did that get you? Oh uh, nowhere! Just just a just a just a hug, just a, a smile and a thumbs up. But um, <laughs> damn, not even a hug. Nah, but uh, but yeah, hey, hey, I was naive back then in them in those days. But yeah, it just reminded me of that. But that was a fire album. Uh, but yeah, that for makes me, you do crazy things. Shit, it does. Um, good good call when you mentioned uh, Nas's uh, I, I Am because it's a great album. Uh, like one of my favorite songs in there was um uh. uh Nas is like by DJ Premier. Oh my oh, god, such a great beat. Um, and of course, you can hate me now. A small world, Doctor Knockboot, which I thought yeah. was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, like, if I had to come up with top five albums, and, and this is in no particular order from the from the nineties, really can't do a particular order. Nah, you they're can't, like you can't. if you go if you're going top five anything, mm-hmm. you got to rank them like the worst beatings you ever got. Yeah. Like you can't just have just one. That's that that is that is kind of true. I can see what you mean there. Or like your top five rappers. Like you just can't have just one. Yeah, it's like you're splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one of my favorite albums. Like, like for me, like I didn't I didn't really get into music in general until '98. 
until I got into high school. Oh, so like the first album that I really got into was Busta Rhymes' Extinction Level Event. That. that was fi- I still have it to this day. It's that that one was that one was like Dylon, straight hot fire. Every track, give me some more. Yeah. Um, that what's it gonna be with Janet Jackson? The video. Oh, I remember that. A uh, hype Williams video. Yep, another hype Williams video right there. Um, he had this really cool song based on Iron Man uh, by Black Sabbath. Oh, he did his song with Ozzy Osbourne. Had the mm. same guitar riff. Oh, really? Yeah, and that 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 song was really really good. Mm. Um, what else? Take it off. The bus a bus. Uh, party is going on over here. Damn, that, that, that whole album, man. It's just fucking bangers upon bangers. Okay, well, guess who's going to be listening to that when you can... Oh, yeah. And, I, I'm, and I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify. Like, oh, yeah. Like, for me, like, that still ranks as Busta Rhymes' best album, in my opinion. Like, he's he's he, obviously, he's made ones after that, but yeah. it's, like, diminishing returns. But, like, that extension-level event, that's, like, where he hit his peak. Like, like, like lyrics, production... It has it has it all. Like you know, something. Buster Rhymes still got it. Yeah, I'd say so. No, he still got it. I mean, even I mean, I'd say like his couple, last couple albums were kind of like they weren't. I want to say whack, but nothing special either. Well, the Big Bang was really good. Oh, was it when he first got the album that he got on that he made when he signed with Dr. Dre? Mm-hmm. That album was dope. Oh, was that, that was like one of my albums in like summer of '06. Yeah, '06. Is that is that the one with uh, a rap money? Was it? No. No, that was the one with Touch It. Oh, okay. Touch It. Touch It, bring it, babe, watch it, turn it. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, I remember that. Blast that one. Like. Mm. Yeah, so that that's one of my one of my favorites of the 90s. Mm. Um, um, I was going to say Illmatic and, and Reasonable Doubt, but I think those two like are such... Like stand- those are iconic. Those are iconic. It's like, to yeah. mention them, it's like, well, that's those are like obvious choices. Yeah. So I so like, I just wanted to give like a brief mention because obviously those are not on my five five list, but they're one of my two of my favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, other other albums, uh, one one album that I really love um, is Groove Theory. Um, I literally only know two songs from that album. Yo, people people know Groove Theory from that song "Tell, Tell Me, Me," yeah, which is a great song. But like that whole album is like "Keep Trying" was a dope song too, a very underrated song. Yep, "Keep Trying," "Time Flies," "Ride," Ten Minute High," "Baby Love," "Come Home." And that was it. We never heard from him again. Well, no, actually, Amel Amel Larue. I know Amel Larue yeah. has done some stuff, but it, it didn't really hit mainstream that that much. Maybe maybe not. Like she has she has she had a a. a six, Somewhat significant degree of popularity, like the, in the neo soul genre with, yeah. their, with their solo albums. Um, but like Groove Theory, man, it's like the perfect blend of like R and B vocals and like hip mid nineties hip hop beats. It was like like what well, I was I would, I would call it like like one of the last New Jack Swing type. There's nothing. There is no New Jack Swing Swing sound on that. Well, well, what I mean is like in the, like that that perfect combination of hip hop beats and like R and B vocals, like like it, uh, that's what I mean in, in that sense. But um, but Groove Theory is like one of those what I call perfect albums. Like there's nothing bad I can say about it. Like the okay. the, the beats are tight, the the vocals are nice. Like I, I still listen to it from time to time. It's that good. So Groove Theory is one. Um, uh, what's another album? Uh, Oh man, um, I I can't. Well, this 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 one, 
I mean, 98, 98 had a, 1998 was an excellent year for hip hop. And one of my, one of my favorite albums was N.O.R.E. by that was, yeah, yeah, I was hoping you would say <laughs> that one. Oh my God. I love Band from TV. Ban- High five right there, man. Shit. Ban from TV is my shit right there. Nature was on there. Who else? Um, Nature, big pun. Big pun. Um, Swiss Beats produced it. Yeah. A young Swiss Beats, too. Yeah. 18-year-old Swiss Beats. Yeah. When he was rocking that Casio keyboard like no one's business. Yeah. Listen, that Casio um, keyboard made him millions, so... It certainly did. Um, But yeah, N-O-R-E, like, I remember in 98, man, summer of 98, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing N-O-R-E or Banned from TV. Yeah. Um, you know what was a underrated, a very underrated album? Oh, uh, which one? Jermaine Dupri's Life in 1472. Yeah, that was that, that was, was a really good album. It was had a um, money in the thing. thing yeah. yeah, and Sweetheart with Mariah Carey. Yep, that yeah. was an underrated album. Yeah, that really was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I remember think... I had it on tape. Tape. It was man. like my last few. I think it was the last tape I had. Mm. I didn't even buy it either. Somebody burned it for me. Somebody <laughs> copied it for me. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. N O R E. Um, of course, you know, since we're talking about hip hop in '98, you can't talk about hip hop in '98 without mentioning DMX. It's dark and hell is hot. Oh shit! Yo, and flesh of my flesh, flesh blood, blood of my blood. 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 That, no, that, yeah, two double, two platinum albums in one year. Yeah, yo, like DMX was the fucking man in '98. Like, get at me, dog. Everywhere you go, oh. you couldn't you couldn't you turn couldn't. a street corner without hearing that no. goddamn song. No, you couldn't. Rough Riders anthem. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's where Stone Cold Steve Austin got his what from. Because it's like what every like three syllables. I think he's just kind of saying, but I don't know. Niggas want to try know. what? Niggas want to lie what? The niggas want to lie what? Shit, shit, yo, shit was, shit was awesome. Um, How's It Going Down, of course. That, yeah. was, a, oh, that yeah. was a really good song. Slipping. Um, oh, Slipping was good. I think I think Slipping is, I would say, DMX's best song. Like in terms of like like creatively. He's had others. Like he's had, he, yeah, he's had others, but I say slipping is like what they really him. want. I'm obviously saying the edited cover, which was, which came in the 2000s. Yeah, Great Depression. No, that was um, and that yeah. was and then there was X. Yeah, his third one. Yeah, man, yo yo, DMX man, pre crack DMX was unfuckwittable. <laughs> I gotta say that, unfuckwittable. Um, and one more album, uh. Dang, I wish I wish I really sat down and really thought about albums more. Um, I would say this is going back to like to early '90s. Uh, a tribe called Quest. Um, Which one? Oh man, if I had to choose, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to choose between their first three. If I had to choose between the uh, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm, Low End Theory, and Midnight Marauders, I'm gonna have to go with Midnight Marauders. Yeah. Midnight Marauders, like that's like that's like. Perfect track called Quest right hard, there. That's a hard. That's that's hard to choose. It is. All three of those are like neck and neck. So. Yeah. Even like Beats, Rhymes, and Life, which came out in '96. Yeah. And the Love Movement, which eh, it was good. It wasn't bad at all, but definitely didn't rise to the high highs of like their first three albums. But Midnight Marauders, that was like the tribe at their most perfect award tour. Oh man, Electric Relaxation. Yeah. You know, in fact, Electric Relaxation, that was like the first theme song of the first season of the Wayne's, Wayne's Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Yep, I know. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, movies. My top five mm. movies in particular order. And remember, I was a kid who liked to have fun. Right. So, Me too. 
my top five in no particular order. Mm-hmm. And these are mostly because, like, I watch them all the time. Okay. Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. The Lion King. Yes. Yes. Batman Returns. Okay. Three Ninjas Kick Bat, <laughs> which is neck and neck with the first one. My God. Oh, My Three God. Ninjas, what the shit. <laughs> oh, man. All right, go on. And The Matrix. The Matrix was groundbreaking. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh man, three ninjas! I haven't thought about that movie since you since you just said it. <laughs> I I I used to like three ninjas when I was a kid. I did. It's a kid having fun, man. Yeah, I mean, you really can't say say anything bad about that. And uh, Lion King was iconic. Still is today. Still is. Still holds up today. Mm-hmm. It, it did. I mean, although like I didn't get emotional when Mufasa died. Just just saying. Okay, Adrian. Oh, baby's kids. Oh, you can't fuck with Bebe's kids. Really? Oh my god, Bebe's kids was hilarious. Um, I've you know I've only seen Bebe's kids once, and that was like maybe a f- couple years after it came out, so I don't even remember it. But I do remember the Super Nintendo game that was that came out that was based on it. And Jesus Christ, that was one of the worst video games I've ever played. Probably not. I'm sure it is probably worse ones. No, like, look, look, mm. look ba- Baby's Kids has the, has the unique distinction of being the only game in Nintendo Power Magazine that, that scored a zero. Subscribe to, yo, my, dad, my dad bought me a subscription in Nintendo Power Magazine. Yeah. And the best thing about it too, about those magazines, too, is that they came with maps. Yep, maps and posters. <laughs> yeah, so, like, maps of the whole thing. So, I'm like, that's how I learned how to beat the Lion King Sega game. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned how to beat it on difficult in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because because both versions SNES and Genesis use the same maps. They were right? the same same exact maps. Oh yeah. So I just breeze through that game. As my, I still I remember my cousin used to tell me like, Carl, play Lion King. I just want to see you beat it. Breeze through it. The game sucked, but the movie was funny as fuck. I didn't play the game. I I did play. I didn't play the Baby's Kids game. Oh, the Baby's Kids game. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like that's the only game in Nintendo Power history to score zero, a complete zero. That's how hard. Like I, oh my god! Like that game is, that game is like the Superman sixty four of the sixteen bit era. <laughs> that's like that's how powerful it was. But I, <laughs> but I have played the Lion King video game, and it actually is quite challenging. It's actually a genuinely good movie based game. It is. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, so go um, ahead, give me a top five movies. Um, Here I, we go. I will. Uh, before I before I do, um, you mentioned Batman Returns. W- which one do you prefer, Batman? 89 or Batman Returns? Ooh. Ooh. That's harsh. Yeah, Because you can't fuck with, jo- with Jack Nicholson's Joker. Wait till they get a load of me. And Prince did the soundtrack? Yes. Bat dance. And it's just... I mean, the, the closest culture that... The closest thing to black culture that... Batman Returns half for us was at the party when they just happened to play Rick James. The band was playing Rick James' Super Freak. <laughs> yeah. But I was just... Yeah, Eddie says 89. Mm. Yeah, it, Batman 89 was what set it up. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Batman 89 was is, is superior. That, I, I have absolutely... it, it is superior, but that's 89. We're talking yeah. 90s. Yeah. 
So 90s, so another question would be, which one do you prefer? Batman Returns, Batman Forever, or Batman and Robin? Oh, Batman Returns. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Any only other- the only thing good about Batman Forever was Jim Carrey playing the Joker. Yeah, he played the hell out of it. Not the Joker, the Riddler. No, the Riddler, me. yes. Excuse me. No disrespect. Yeah. E, E, nig, enigma. Oh man, but yo, Batman Returns. I I really like that movie. Still, like uh, Danny DeVito as a penguin, nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Like, like you, you know, I, I saw recently. You know the Razzie Awards that give like awards like to the worst movies, worst performances. For some reason, the Razzies gave him worst supporting actor for Batman Returns. I'm like, you must be out of their fucking mind. Like, he, the fact when he bit off some dude's Dude, nose. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yo. And Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Yeah, that role that role almost killed her. It oh yeah, because that skin that suit, tight. that skin tight suit. Yeah, the skin tight suit with the with the stitching and like and oh my gosh, she played the hell out of it. And not to mention like when she when like um, Christopher Walken pushed her out of the pushed her out of the building, the cats revived her. Yep. Which I don't know how scientifically that's possible. Yeah. And then she just like came home. She came home just like in a daze. Honey, I'm home. Oh, I forgot I'm not married. Mm-hmm. And she just like went batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like- and then she had the neon lights that said hello there. And she like she smashed some of them. She smashed some of the letters and it came out to hell here. And just mm. oh, that yeah. wasn't it. That was a pretty dope scene. It was. Like she just really fucking snapped and she just became Selena Kyle became Catwoman. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and and Michelle Pfeiffer played the hell out of that role. Yeah, like, she did. Yeah, and she I, was perfect for that. T- you know, for mm-hmm. at that time. Absolutely, and you know, I got I have three words to describe uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman: delicious. I'm through. Okay. Oh, what fucking shit? <laughs> that was from *The Living Color*. What's that? *Men in Black*. *Men on Film*. *Men on Film*. You would. <laughs> you would. Yo, I loved *Men on Film*, man. I bet you did. No, I did too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, and uh, what was the last movie you mentioned, real quick? The Matrix. The Matrix. Oh, of course. It was ground. Yeah, it was groundbreaking. Influential, like yeah. it inspired so many like video games and movies after that with the bullet time effect. Oh yeah, I remember Drew Hill used it for their "You Are Everything" video. They used <laughs> that same effect. Yeah, I remember that. Had nothing to do with the song. It didn't. No. Nothing to do with the song. And Ja Rule was in that song yep. too, right? Yeah, cause it was the remix of that song. The original was a slow jam, yeah. but this is a good song. But had nothing to do, just hey the, and I remember seeing like Cisco in a in a interview before that it says yo me and Woody we saw we went to go see the Matrix the other day and then next thing you know boom mm. that video comes out oh wow hmm. man so yeah big ups to the big ups to the Wachowski brothers well Wachowskis These, now it's yeah uh, it's Lana and, and Lily, Lily yeah. Wachowski yeah I just recently found that out yeah yeah both yeah more they, power to them yeah. So go ahead, let's. Yeah, I know this is your passion subject, but yeah, breeze through it, breeze through it, because I still got more. All right, um, I got some, I got some movies, uh, favorite movies of the '90s, and there's a whole bunch. So like, top five. I just picked five really good ones. Maybe not necessarily my top five, but five good movies nonetheless. Uh, one movie that I loved in the '90s was Spike Lee's Crooklyn. Yo, sh- yeah, I yes. love Crooklyn. Yes, for five, five right there. Mm. Crooklyn was so with good. the fire soundtrack. Yes, people make the world go round by a stylistic. Yeah, that whole movie was great. Um, I I loved it. I, um, the best part of that movie 
was when Troy cracked <laughs> cracked Spike Lee's character in the head with the ch- oh. with the broomstick. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And then, yeah, get it, Troy. Talking yeah. about your mama like that. Mm-hmm. And there was like one point, one part where it's like she like they they made her huff paint thinner, and she's like floating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't paint. It was it was Elmer's glue. That was Elmer's a glue. really strong drug back in the day. Oh yeah, that was like the drug. They just put it in the bag, and you just mm. you just went to town on it. Yeah, cheap highs, very cheap. Yeah. So yeah, Crooklyn was a really good one. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Yeah, it's my favorite Stephen King movie. Tim Robbins, um, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, and Dufresne. <laughs> um, Heat. Oh, Heat was the movie. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val okay. Kilmer. What Michael Mann's my favorite Michael Mann film, and his awesome, awesome crime drama. Like the movie. Didn't he kill Brandon Lee? Oh, uh, who? Michael Mann. No, no, not not Michael Mann. You, you're thinking of the Michael Massey. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, Michael Massey. Unfortunately. Um, what else? Uh, <laughs> um, Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. I I really like the Fifth Element. That was a fun ass movie. Luke Besson, Bruce Willis, uh, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker dressed up in I don't know what the hell that was. Prince RuPaul thing going on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Mil- Mila Jovovich, multi pass. <laughs> oh, and of course Gary Oldman. Yo, Gary Oldman. Gary played Oldman's that. a mad fucking scientist. He is. Like, <laughs> yo, he's he's one of the greatest actors alive. Like, he is, yeah. Like he played the hell out of that role, Jesus! Like if you haven't seen one movie, Fidelity, I really be. enjoyed Gary Oldman in was The Book of Eli. Yeah, yeah, I remember that was that. really good. He, like, I enjoyed his performance. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no, there's, there's no bad Gary Oldman performance. Come to think of it, <clears throat> no. I seen Leon, Leon the professional. Oh man, Leon the one of my favorites too. Like, bring wasn't me that nineties. Yeah, it was 94. Yeah, Natalie Portman's first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Bring me everyone. Everyone? And then he spazzes, everyone. Okay. (laughs) You scare people. Just let you know that. Cool. And, of course, um, one of my all-time favorite comedies and all-time favorite movies, too, from the 90s, Friday. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, man. I can still quote that movie to this day. Oh man, Miss Parker. Miss Parker. Mm-hmm. I mean, yo, it's like, it's like, uh, when we let me fuck. Twenty-one years later, I just learned that she ain't having. She was watering dirt. She really. I, I nobody. I didn't. She, not, she had like one little weed. She, she was watering. It's like when you won't let me fuck, Miss Parker. Parker. Huh? What you say, honey? Huh? What? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh man, that whole movie was oh, quotable. My God. I'm mad. I, I'm mad. I didn't put Friday on this. Uh, Debo. Oh man, Tiny Lister. It's like it's like uh, it's like oh, it's like well, my, my grandma would give me that chain. Uh, he gonna cry in the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man, yeah. Oh and and uh and of course stankin' ass Felicia. That's what. No, she's freaking gorgeous. I've seen I've seen a real picture she of her. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And I think she's actually married to Tiny Lister. Really? I think so. Don't quote cool me on it. I'll have mm-hmm. to look it up. Yeah. But I think she is. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, bye, Felicia. <laughs> I have, I have a sister. Mm-hmm. Her name's Felicia. Oh, I guess she hated that. She name. hates it so much. <laughs> uh, hates it. I I can imagine. 
Yeah. Hates it. <laughs> mm. But Friday, man. Yo, and um, and of course Paula J. Parker. Oh man. Mm-mm-mm. And Nia Long. And of course Regina King. Yeah. Yes. Trifecta right there, man. Oh yeah, of course. Mm. All right. Let's move on to TV shows. Okay. All right. Okay, first. Remember, in no particular order. Okay. Martin. <laughs> yes. Love Martin. As a matter of fact, Tachina Arnold was actually the one at the Hip Hop Honors. She actually, pre- she was presenting um, Martin Lawrence with his award and how mm-hmm. she was, give it up for Martin. I'm like, honestly, he had other theme songs, but that's the one that everybody remembers. Oh, yeah. And that was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Martin, mm-hmm. Fresh Prince. New York Undercover. Oh, fucking right. Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your all-time favorite. What? Family Matters. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, TGIF was the shit. It was. And Family Matters was the one that kicked it off, so you couldn't knock it. Oh, I knocked it. Oh, I, yeah, you did. I, yeah. Yeah, you did. I mean, I, I said my piece on Family Matters, all so right, yeah. you can go back to that episode. Uh, Boy Meets World, man. I've always. I had still a- love to. I still love Topanga to this day. Me too. I still have a crush on her. And she's a Dallas Cowboys fan, which made it even worse. Me. Oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, being a fan of a dead franchise. That's what's up. But we're alive and well. But we're the number one franchise in the world, even more than them rich ass soccer teams, which really befuddles me. But I don't care. I'll take. I'll take that crown. Huh. I wonder how that how that works. Oh, read the Forbes list. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, Boy Meets World was was a great show. Yeah, Martin, like I mentioned earlier, like I still felt like I'm still watching episodes of Martin. I'm like, yo, I don't remember this episode, mm. and I still it feels new. It does. Like I can always I can always sit down and laugh at Martin. Like I remember one of the funniest episodes was where Martin plays the love doctor, and he he inadvertently hooked up his boy Tommy and and his worst enemy Pam together. All right. <laughs> oh. All right. That, that was that was bro man from the fifth floor. Oh, upstairs, fifth floor. Uh, <laughs> oh my, like, like he was showing. Bro his- man, what you doing up here? Nine, just, just chilling. chilling. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he leave the house. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I gotta get those cards. I gotta get those cards for the culture game. There's a uh, there's these cards, this card game, and it's just Martin trivia. Oh wow! So I would like I need to get that and play that at a cookout. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably these cards for the culture. Hmm. It's like a trivia game. I would, I would, I would definitely win that if it's Martin. I wouldn't put it past you, because yeah. one thing I would say about TV shows. This is why I still appreciate like watching TV shows week to week by week. Because mm-hmm. like back in the day, like you would watch like Martin on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. remember everything that you could. Yep. And go to school the next day just to talk about it and quote and start quoting the lines from the episodes and stuff. Oh, Same yeah. thing with Fresh Prince from Monday nights, um, New York Undercover Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy Meets World, you kind of had to wait. We had to wait a couple of days. Yeah, but it's like, yo, you still it just it always generated like dialogue. Oh yeah, Absolutely. and like the conversation is much longer. You know, the conversation is much longer. Oh yeah, and always like like like. Gener- like trying to recall all those funny quotes that you heard exactly like you could you couldn't mess with those at that time yeah oh man like like, like Mike Martin's also on my list um I've I mean I, Tisa Campbell is still fine you know yeah she is a little thick so 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even though like in like, yo, like, she's hilarious in Real Husbands of Hollywood. Oh, is she? Yeah. Real Husbands. Oh, that's like a parody show. Yeah, it's a parody okay. of it's it's the fakest reality show ever. Gotcha. Yeah, shit's shit's funny. I think they stopped making episodes now. Mm. All right, and I think it's on Netflix. I think you showed me a yeah uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, Martin. Martin's also on my list. You know, for all the reasons we've said, it's t- still still hilarious. Uh, Tashina Arnold can still is, is still awesome. Yeah, see, um, to to children of the '90s, she's Pam. Yep. Oh, to children of to BDB. Yeah. <laughs> to children of the 2000s, mm. she's Rochelle. Yeah. Everybody hates Chris, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But no matter what, mm. she's Pam. Absolutely. That's what brought her to the dance. She she's Pam. Yeah. So yeah, Martin Martin's up on there. Like I I, I want to go back and I learned that she was supposed to get a spinoff. Yeah, she was. Like in fact, like there was one of the was like one of the uh, later episodes. I think it was like in the fifth season where Tishina Arnold well, or not or Tisha Campbell left the show because like alleged sexual harassment. Yeah. Uh, um, from Martin Lawrence, like there was like a, a backdoor pilot where there was one episode that focused just on Pam trying to get a job. And that was like the like stealth pilot for what would have been her spinoff, but then that never got off the ground. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it had a good run. I'm, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch some old episodes. There there definitely are some clips on YouTube. Shit, go to free. They're on BET pretty much every night. Oh, nice. There you go. It'll probably be on that. That's what I've been. Watching. That's what I was. As a matter of fact, right after the hip hop honors, mm-hmm. while I was at work, I changed the channel. Yep. Martin was on. I'm like, I'm good. Nice. Uh, I'm good. So yeah. Uh so Martin's on my list. Also Fresh Prince of Bel Air is on my list. Um uh Fresh Prince, I'll say like one stuck in the basement, sitting on a tricycle girl getting on my nerves. Going out of my mind. I thought she was fine. Don't know if a body is hers. Here, 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 here. You know who that was too, right? That was Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell, yeah. Oh man, that show was so great. Um, I always had a crush on uh, Tatiana Ali. Uh, she was she was one of my childhood crushes, as well as Karen Parsons. I still love Hillary Tisdale. I don't even call her by them real names. I just dead. She'll always be Hillary. Yeah, Hillary and Ashley. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey always had one. Yo, he was the yo, dude had shade, like yo, Golden Girls level. Yeah, he was a master shade thrower on that show. Like Uncle Phil's weight. Oh my gosh, like um, like uh, there were so many so many barbs that he had. Like I can't really recall them. And of course, Carlton with the iconic Carlton dance. Let me His... give you a quick quick question. What? What was Jeffrey's middle name? Je- hmm. Do you know it? Yeah. I'll never forget it because I never laughed so hard. Barbara. There we go. <laughs> I remember, yes. Uh, when his son came in, he was like, how can you be my son? And he said, some, some, whatever. And he goes, your middle name's Barbara. <laughs> and that's when like, he's like, he's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle Phil and um, thing, and Uncle Phil and Will just freaking bugged out laughing. He's like, it's a family name. Oh, yeah. Oh, and on The Fresh Prince, like, there were so many funny moments. But there was one moment which actually opened my eyes to, like, how... Will Smith's range as an actor. Oh ep- God! I'm so- the, Go ahead. The episode where his where his deadbeat ass father, father yeah. shows up. Yeah, yeah, and great oh, episode. I'm just tired of seeing the clip being shared on Facebook. People show share that a lot. They share it so many times. I probably see it like once a month. Really? Yes. 
Why would people share that clip? Because it was a great moment. I mean, yeah, it's like, but don't like overkill it. They did. They overkilled it for me. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. But I will say, I remember watching that for the first time, and I was like, man, Will Smith's got some chops. He's got some range. And, you know, it was, it was like uphill from, it was like, you know, smooth sailing from there. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, man, what was, what was what else about the Fresh Prince? Um, oh, uh, one question. Who do you, which which Aunt Viv do you prefer? Ah, oh, damn. Uh, Daphne Maxwell Reed was a first, who was a second one, or Janet Hubert. Janet Hubert. Janet Hubert. Yeah, me too. Dark skin and Viv. Yeah. I mean, I like the the Daphne Maxwell Reed episodes, mm-hmm. but Janet Hubert that that was Aunt Viv. Yeah, yeah, and plus, like she she played the role. She brought uh, like an authoritativeness to that yeah. character, whereas uh, Daphne Maxwell's version was more she was passive. more lenient. Yeah, more lenient and passionate. Yeah. Yeah, she was definitely more passive, and and like unfortunately, uh, Janet Huber still, still holds is. a grudge yeah. against like not only Will Smith but the whole cast, cast, which is like, damn, what the did Will Smith shit in your cereal? Tell you it was Cocoa Puffs? What? I know, yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, she still managed to get work, but it's like still, mm. damn. Yeah, it's like at some point you gotta let it, you gotta let it go. Like to hold a grudge for that long, it's like, damn, that's not healthy. Nah. But but yeah, Fresh Prince is on there. Um, of course, in Living Color. Oh my God, I don't even know why I didn't put that one on uh, there. I own all five seasons. Yeah, I have the first three because like seasons. I know seasons four and five on DVD are like heavily edited. So for me, I was like, I don't know if it's worth all it. the well. All the musical parodies are not in the DVDs. I know that's unfortunate. So yes, yeah, you can only watch them on YouTube. But yeah, Living Color was the show back then. Like, oh my God, that was another one. I think that came out on Thursdays too. Uh, I believe it came out on Sundays. If I'm no, it saying. is. No, you're right. Sundays. Yeah. But yeah, like Jim Carrey, uh, <laughs> fire. So many roles. Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you something. Oh man, Jamie Foxx as Wanda. Oh, um, Damon Wayans as as Amon. Oh, Amon. <laughs> the, the they play like hardworking Jamaicans with like thirty jobs to, to one at a time. Yeah. It's um, like, like how many jobs do you have? One job. One, one job. job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, homie the clown. Oh my god, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. <laughs> he just said it right then and there. Homie don't play that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, there was the Buttmans. <laughs> oh um, of course your favorite men on film. Mm-hmm. Two snaps up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There, there, there was so many. And they like broke barriers at that time. Like they mm-hmm. like they were crossing lines that we didn't yeah, like they like, wouldn't have dared to have crossed at that time. Yeah, like the and they wouldn't even lost now because of this politically correct world we live in. Oh man, if they attempted to do to do men on film, they would be shut down. Oh so fast. yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, but back then, like they were pushing the envelope. Like Damon Wayans and and uh, David, David Allen Greer. Oh my gosh, the, 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 you could tell like there were parts where they were like, cr- yo, like, they were they broke yo they break they broke character and laughed. Yep, you you couldn't help it. You, you, you could like like they would they would play like two critics that would read games. Ace Ace in the main man, yeah. Jamie Foxx and Tommy Davidson. Mm hmm. Oh man, like 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 Jamie Foxx and Jim Carrey. You could tell like those two were just gonna be big stars. You could e- everybody was a big star from them. But like but like Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx, like they blew up way more. Uh, like pretty you could much tell, like, everybody were, did. Uh, to, that um, like, I said pretty much. Like because we don't really see um, Kelly Cofield a lot. 
Yeah, she did a few things a few years after. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Tommy Davidson, he was on the Proud Family. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. And he done he's done his fair share. He's done his fair share. So did David Allen Greer, but mm-hmm. you know Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Lopez, who was just a fly girl. All she did was yep. dance. Yeah, and she skyrocketed. Sean and Marlon Wayne's got that. You know they broke off and did the you know did the Wayne's brothers and Marlon mm-hmm. got his show now. Yeah. Uh, what was this? Remember when the Buttman's daughter went out with Jim Carrey's character with the dick? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh my god. Oh man. Uh, also, like, like, like men on like I would say one thing about men on film. Like, I loved how like they read like gay themes into every movie they they critiqued. Oh, but like, yeah. but like if there was a movie that started like a female cast, hated, hated it. it. <laughs> oh man, and like. Like one, like one of the funniest episodes is where like it was like a two parter where a sandbag falls on David Wayne's head and he goes straight. <laughs> he goes straight. <laughs> then in the next episode, like David Dave, David Allen Greer, he's he like punch him in it. Yeah, he punches him in the face, and then that's when he you know he's gay again. Yep. He's like he's like come on man, give me a best shot, man. I'm gonna bust your ass. Hilarious. Punches right. him in the face. He's like ah, yeah. I'm free. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's three shows. I have two more. Uh, you mentioned it, Wayne's Brothers. I I like the Wayne's brothers. I mean, I mean, you just hate Marlon. Well, I Marlon. You Wayne, hate Marlon Wayne. No, I hate Marlon Wayne's work post Wayne's brothers, except Requiem for a Dream, because like all those like coonish movies, like White Chicks and and White freaking, Chicks was entertaining and freaking for yeah. what it was, for what it was. You know, White Chicks was just going to the movies with your friends and having fun. Yeah, that's a bootleggable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bougie, but go ahead. Uh, white chicks, uh, Fifty Shades of Black, horrible. I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen it, but I'll probably and, still laugh my ass off because I like to have fun and watch movies. Mm-mm. And and horrible haunted house movies, Haunted House one and two. I enjoy those two as well. I have fun. I have fun. Like I said, I have fun with your bougie. You are fucking bougie. I am not bougie. You are so fucking bougie. I have taste. If I I have cosmopolitan taste. I need to post that meme up of you on a cover of Cosmopolitan (laughs) magazine that I did. Hey, don't hate me because I have cosmopolitan taste, but listen. You're still close-minded as fuck. If I was so bougie, would I have Friday as one of my all-time favorite movies? Yeah, I didn't think so. Crunch, get your life. Anyway. I'm glad you still saying, okay, that was 90s. <laughs> I haven't heard that since the 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, Wayne's Brothers and the fifth one, I got to say, uh, this is this, this was a show that I appreciated when I got older. Living Single. Can't knock it. I mean. Can't knock it. I mean. I thought Regime was sexy as hell. Oh, yeah. Kim Fields? Yeah. Kim Fields, Tootie? Yeah, like she was, I mean, even, even though she was bougie as hell. Uh, she was pretentious, but you know, you kind of she was lovable. Bougie attracts bougie. Shut up. Um, I, I but I was I was a Sinclair James. Uh, guy. I did like Sinclair too. Yeah, I, I love Sinclair. Kim Coles. Mm. Yeah, light skin. Hey, light skin love. Yeah, <laughs> but she was taken. She, you know what? They were an underrated cat. They were an underrated couple. Oh yeah, him and her and Overton. Overton Wakefield Jones. Oh yeah, the handyman. And of course, uh, Maxine Shaw and Kyle Barker. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's not Kyle anymore. To so the nerd community, he's Kratos. 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 That's Furman's gamertag. <laughs> yeah, Kratos, God of War, man. All right, so let me move on. Let's move on. Yep. Cartoons. Okay, okay. Doug. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Simpsons is actually still funny. Yeah, I mean, it's not as popular as it used to because Family Guy kind of took over. Mm-hmm. 
But it, I've catch of I caught a couple of episodes and I'm like, this shit is still funny. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's still enjoyable, but like the first ten seasons are where it's at. Like, yeah, in terms of quality. Um, Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> yes. uh, show that we shouldn't have watched as kids. Oh man, that that was teenage. Mm-hmm. That was for teenagers. Um, Recess. I haven't watched Recess. Recess was a shit. Okay, that was like towards my the end when I was like, okay. I'm almost done watching cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. I remember shout outs to my man Daryl Prout from back in the day. We used to stay in church. We used to be in church talking Dragon Ball. <laughs> Y'all were, you were, guys were like drawing and whatnot, the characters? I did. Yeah, I did. I was able to draw. He couldn't. Oh, okay. So I was drawing the Dragon Ball characters, but we would talk. We would talk Dragon Ball. Oh my god! When we first learned about Super Saiyans, that was it. It's over nine thousand. Yo, oh my god! And it, anything on Cartoon Network? <laughs> there were some misses. Mm, there had some hits and misses. Yeah, like Johnny Bravo. Was that a late nineties or early two thousands? That was late nineties, and okay. Johnny Bravo was a fucking perv. <laughs> you know, I heard that there was a rumor that uh, they wanted to have, make a live action movie starring The Rock as Johnny Bravo. I heard about that too. Yeah. <laughs> Remember watching it at the mall when it first opened? Sure did. All right, me, Eddie, and a whole bunch of our friends. Mm-hmm. This was in a, this was in high school when Providence Place Mall first opened. There was a Cox there was a Cox um communications kiosk. Yeah. So we would hang out after school, but then we would notice like, yo, we were we're not gonna get home in time for Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball came on weekdays at five o'clock and there Tsunami had like a little hour. Yeah. So we would go to the mall. Go to that Cox Cable <laughs> kiosk, mm-hmm. ask them to put on Dragon Ball, and they would let us watch it. Wow. In the mall. That's what's up. Man, they, they could have either told y'all, fuck off, kids. And nope, they didn't because we... Okay. Hey, that's what's up. They were really nice to us. Nice. Like, how often did you guys watch it on the kiosk? Damn near every day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we at least twice a week. Okay. At least twice. Hmm. That's no, that must have been cool. I watched half of that freezing Goku battle, <laughs> and that's still considered the longest anime fight ever. Mm, how many episodes was that? Dude, that had to been like four or five, mm. give or take. Dang, oh yeah, we had crowds, we had some crowds. Oh, like they, like, I remember one time we watched it on Halloween. Oh, that must have been, and something. some little kid just comes up, he just he just comes behind us and he just yells, Vegeta. We looked, this kid was full decked in a Vegeta costume. <laughs> we cheered that little boy. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. Yeah, we got... That probably would have been the highlight of that kid's life at that time. Yeah. Must be like... He's like nerds Yeah, we home. was souped. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Um. Anything else? As far as no, cartoons? that's it. I ran through okay. my top five. Uh, for me, uh, cartoons. Um, Doug, definitely okay. on there. Um, I always liked Patty Mayonnaise. And, and and plus, I could. What's her nationality? You know, people. Say, she yeah. was black with blonde hair, but like. Hey. I thought I thought she was just white with a tan because her her dad is white, dude. Freezer Saga was almost a hundred episodes. Felt like it. Damn, that's like five seasons of a show. A lot of it was just. <laughs> and we would just. You know, I I want to ask about that real quick, like, cause like I could not, I could never get into Dragon Ball be- one because of that, like. Every, 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 a whole episode was literally like that. Ah, I gotta take a shit. Ah. And you know, all we would look at you, we would just watch it and just go, hey, shut up. 
Watch it. Commercial, and then kick you in the knee. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Y'all, y- y'all are some dumb kids. But um, damn you, bougie. I'm just kidding. Bougie. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, you know, I'm, come on, man. Can I have a joke? Can I joke, man? It's just jokes, man. I ain't bougie. I'm open minded. But yeah, Doug was one of my favorite shows. We'll see. Uh, Ren and Stimpy, of course. Uh, the, the the Nickelodeon seasons, not the adult party cartoon on on Spike. That was shit. Um, I will say that like uh that. And also Rocco's Modern Life, which is my third favorite. Uh, okay. All right. Like, like those cartoons showed how, like, our generation of kids, we weren't soft. We were not nah. Like, we grew, up, we grew up watching some shit. Like, nowadays, like, kids like grew, who grew up in the 2000s and this decade, you couldn't even dream airing that shit to, to, the, to the kids like that, to that age now. Yeah, no. That's why I'm glad they're doing just one-hour movies mm-hmm. for that one time only. Yep. Um... What was another? What was another cartoon I liked? Um, oh man! Oh, uh, Phantom Twenty Forty. Okay. Which, which I which I did talk about on the show. I remember you did. Yeah, under underrated series, and the tick. Oh oh yes, the thank you. I was oh, gonna say that. I was I was gonna say that. Yes, the tick. You know what? You know what's funny? Oh damn! I'm kind of I'm okay. I'm yo, disappointed in myself. I'm yo. scratching our recess. Oh, I'm you, scratching our recess. Oh, you, you're gonna replace I'm it with the tick. Our recess. I'm, re- I'm replacing them. Oh, high five right there, man. No, no. Oh, not with it. Not with that. No, not with the tick. No, no. What? Nope. Yo, I got something even better. Okay, hold off on that. Write it down if you if you if you got to. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say real quick on the tick. Oh man, that that was that was one of my favorite cartoons because like it was it was like a funny ass parody of like it was an original it was an original work but it was also a parody of other other heroes like you had uh, American Maid who was Wonder Woman who was just basically a woman in like a, a stars stars and spangle stars and stripes maid costume. You had uh, the Human Bullet who basically had had his son fire him through their backyard cannon and he would fly in the air and then like towards the end of the episode like he was just splat on the ground not affect anything in the episode. You had Big Shot was a, a Punisher uh, parody, like who turns out that the reason why he loved guns was because his mother never hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arthur, the accountant with the moth costume, and of course Tick with his random ass catchphrases like "spoon." <laughs> oh, that, that was yeah, a that cool. was a funny ass cartoon. Um, I I haven't I haven't seen the the live action. Uh, there's series. a new one. There's a, yeah. There's a new one. I've been meaning to look it up on Wikipedia, and I just kind of forget. Yeah, because I know there was a there, there was there's that on Amazon a new live action series, but there was one that came out in like two, yeah, with Patrick was, Warburton. Yeah, have you ever seen any episodes of that? No, nah, I haven't. Yeah, and it was funny because I love Patrick Warburton. Like he's just hilarious to me. Like just watch an episode of Rules of Engagement, yo. He's an asshole, but that shit's hilarious. Okay, and and you know the the original um. The the first live action version of the Tick the series is like I think it was like five episodes or something. Yeah, it was very short. Yeah, like like when I was at Target to buy Wonder Woman, I saw like the whole DVD series and like one small DVD case for five bucks for the whole series. I figured you would have bought it. Nah. Okay. Now. Yeah, the Tick. My replace my replacement cartoon. Yeah. X Men. Okay. All right. Yo, fist, fist bump that. Yes. Yeah, because I'm. A, I'm yeah. Shout outs to Reagan for this. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, my sister went to a dance studio. Yep. On Chalkstone Ave. Rock Hocos was right next door. Mm, I remember that. When so was there, my yeah. mother would, you know, she would take her, take her to the dance studio, and go, Ma, I'm going to the comic book store next door. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there, grab the, grab the little free copies of the comic newspapers. Mm-hmm. Pick, you know, my mom gave me some money here or there. I'll buy a comic or two. Mm hmm. 
no, or maybe some Wizard magazines. And I would sit there and watch X-Men. Nice. Reagan was right there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was raised in Rock Hoko's. Man, that's what's up. I watched the Phoenix Saga mm. on the TV on the counter of Rock Hoko's Collectibles <laughs> on Chalkstone Ave. Yo, uh, I mean, just the Phoenix Saga alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Phoenix Saga was was very well done in the animated series. Like the the whole series was great. Although I will say that the the animation quality doesn't. Oh, we quite but hold we up. were kids. We didn't give a shit at yeah, that time. Right, we didn't give a shit at the time. Like it was just great. Like, I watch it now, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, God, man, this shit is awful. Yeah, I mean, the the animation quality is rough. Very choppy. Yeah, it's yeah. very choppy. But the story was good. It was yeah. so well written. Yeah. As a matter of fact, shout out to my friend Karina. It's her birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday. And she invited, yo, last year on my birthday, she's like, listen, I got him on DVD. Oh, wow. And we hung out on my birthday and we watched that. Nice. Yo. I still remember the theme song with the sound effects and everything. And I sung it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I Snapchatted it. <laughs> you know, I, I had the theme song as my ringtone for a while. I don't know why you stopped it. Because you're grown and too old for ringtones but well i mean i i, I don't understand i mean ringtones are ringtones you know what's what Ringtones kind of played out for me a, a while ago hmm. eh, it's whatever but uh but yeah x-men x-men is still i mean i can still sit down and watch something like, i've always wanted to get the dvds uh this the, the series because they're they're pretty inexpensive although like the anime like i said the animation quality is still rough but it's still it's still worth it's, having it is that's your childhood it is, and of course, um, I think Eddie mentioned the Spider Man, the animated series. Spider Man was cool. Which Spider Man was cool. The animation quality was almost as bad as X Men, maybe marginally better. Wasn't it? Wasn't it from the same? But not much. Like the same studio that made it. Yeah, Fox. Yeah. Yeah, but but Spider Man was fun. It was the nineties. Yeah. Nineties. Everything just wasn't really quite perfect yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, wrestlers. Okay. Wrestlers. Undertaker, Bret Hart, HBK, Stone Cold, Sting. Damn, okay. In that order? <laughs> or just no particular Undertaker order? is definitely number one. Uh, of course, obviously. I, I'm a I'm a Undertaker fan. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a lifelong loyal fan. Yeah. He's gotta be number one. Yeah, those those Go were ahead, his... say go ahead, say some shit. Say something. Those were his best years. Say something. <laughs> I'm, I just I, you know, I mean hey WrestleMania twenty five. WrestleMania twenty six. That was two thousand nine, two thousand ten. His later years. Then well his I'll say like Undertaker's last great match was with CM Punk at 29. Yeah. 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 Yep. And the Secret Wars Saga and Spider-Man. Hmm. That was good too. Okay. That was really good too. Hmm. That was a good one. That was a good one, Eddie. Okay. Secret Wars. I don't think I watched that one actually. But okay. Um right, go ahead. Re- it's okay. Since you're talking about wrestlers, um, of course, uh, you gotta mention Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, he changed. Yeah, he changed the game. He did but, uh, yeah. definitely. Would you uh, the greatest wrestler of all time? Maybe you can make, you can make a strong case. You could make a strong case. Uh, um, Dean Malenko, WC because he was my favorite wrestler in WCW. Like okay. he actually put me on a WCW. Like his matches were out of this world. I was already watching. I was I was watching Jim Crockett. Oh wow! So like, <laughs> shout out to my pop. So like, oh man. So I was already like, I was already a Sting fan. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I liked Sting. 
Mm. And I liked Brett, but it, was just, it wasn't until Undertaker came out. And even Undertaker was in WCW before then. Yeah. As me, Martin Callis. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. And Teddy Long was his manager, right? Yeah. He was part of the, sky, <laughs> the skyscrapers. Yep. So, like, so, but then once he came out as the Undertaker and I saw that dominance, I'm like, yep, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. And I never looked back. Mm. I, I got you. Yeah. So go ahead. He said Stone Cold D. Malenko. Stone Cold uh, Malenko. Um, I be I would be remiss if I didn't mention HBK. Okay. Because like like yeah, the thing he accomplished so much. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Owen Hart. Um, like it, like as as much as I love Bret Hart, if I had to choose between the two, I was always more of an Owen Hart fan, just a little bit more, because I always liked because he he played a heel so well. And like he was a freaking prankster, of course he yeah. didn't play. He was obnoxious, and yeah. everybody loved it. Oh yeah, like 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 um, when he when he tragically uh, passed in that accident. Uh-huh. Like the the stories that I heard about, like all the pranks that he pulled on oh, he on people. Dead. Him yeah. and British Bulldog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Owen Hart, man, one of the all time greats, and hmm. Damn, this is hard. I should have, I should have thought, you should have, I should have thought about this before we started. Um, it was your idea to do a '90s theme. Well, I know, but if you, if I knew you're gonna put wrestlers on there, uh, okay, one more wrestler. I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. I admire that. Yeah, friend of the show, Furman, like worships him. Oh, well, oh yeah, that's his favorite wrestler. No, he literally worships him. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember, I was like, yo, the draft board came in. He said, "Praise Mr. Perfect." Wow, hey Kurt Henning, R.I.P. Man, but definitely he should have been. He should have been world champion. All right, okay, I'm gonna skip over to one. All right, top five matches. Top five matches. Okay. Okay, HBK versus Brett, the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett versus Mr. Perfect, uh, SummerSlam '92. Oh yeah. yeah. Undertaker versus Mankind, King of the Ring '98. Mm, yes, Hell in a Cell. Sting versus Hogan, 97. Yup. And Hogan versus Warrior, WrestleMania 6. Okay. Hey, quality list of matches right there, man. Classics right there. Uh, top five matches in the 90s. Um, one of my favorites, one of my all-time favorite wrestling matches is uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Halloween Havoc, 98. Uh, 97. Nin- was it 97? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, when, yeah. Uh, yep. When Eddie Guerrero was a cruiserweight champion and Rey Mysterio had the the phantom the, costume, yeah. that was really cool. Uh, one of my all time favorite matches there. Um, I'll go with um, Steve Austin versus HBK WrestleMania fourteen. Um, it, I mean, it was it was just mm. just to see you know just to seeing Stone Cold finally make it to the mountaintop yeah. after eight long years at, at that point, and that was HBK's last match in his premature retirement before he came back in 02. Um Undertaker versus Kane, WrestleMania fourteen, like th- that was a cool one. Yeah, that was that, that was, was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, told a really good story, and um, and it put Kane over huge. Um, I wish you didn't mention the Kane, Hell in a Cell. Kane, I mean, Undertaker won that though. No, yeah, no, he won that, but it, but Kane like established established himself as like a badass, someone that could really hold his own, like a formidable no. person. I'm gonna tell you exactly the moment when. Hell in a Cell changed my life. Sticker <laughs> in Mankind, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> man. Um, no, what cemented Kane was literally his debut. Oh, the Hell in a Cell. Hell in a, bad yeah, Blood. Bad Blood. The first Hell in a Cell, which I still say is the best Hell in a Cell map. Hmm. 
Between Taker and Taker and Michaels. Yeah. That was the best. I still say that was the best one. Okay. And when Kane first came in and ripped the the door open, mm-hmm. like we've never seen that before. That's true. We haven't. And he just came in, did his little did his little pyro, which was kind of cheap at that moment. But it's mm-hmm. like we were still like, oh shit, because it was always talks of Kane, but like, yeah. You know, nothing to fruition. You know, that's when he made his debut, and then, boom, just just Tombstone Undertaker, and I'm just like, uh, like I was scared for the Undertaker. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! Like he, the, the shit, just hit the fan. Mm, shit just got real, yo. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. To me, I was like, what. 12, 13 at that time, and mm-hmm. like, no, I was turning 13, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, shit. Mm. Like, I couldn't believe it. Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah. trying to take it as the best Hell in a Cell match. I, I, I gotta put, I gotta put Taker, I gotta put Taker and Sean up, up one. The only, yeah, just up by a smidge, mm-hmm. by a smidge. Okay. Yeah, next time me and Eddie guns, he's gonna argue with me. <laughs> we gotta have um, words. Odds are he's gonna have some words with me next okay. time I see him. Um, let's see, two more matches for me. Uh one of my favorites definitely was WrestleMania thirteen, Austin versus Bret Hart. Eddie just mentioned that one right yeah. there in there. Yeah, that was a great match. Um and also uh last one was um oh, a, a personal favorite. It was uh WrestleMania eight. It was Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the WWE World Championship. Right. That was a that was a that quality was match. You're right. Yep. yep. Quality match. Okay. Yep. Good good selection. Very yeah. good selection. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, video games. Mm, okay. A lot of these were because were the um, the kickstarters of a lot of a lot of my favorite franchises. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Street Fighter. Street Fighter Two. Okay. Even though the franchise originally started in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But Street Fighter 2 was like the... That was the arcade game. Yeah. Despite the fact that that white dude just knocks out that black goo, <laughs> that black dude in the... Oh, in the intro? In the intro, just with one punch. I'm like, one punch. Just, what the fuck was that? <laughs> All right. Mortal Kombat. Although I would say Mortal Kombat 2. Mm. Yep. Mortal Kombat, the first one was dope, but two was like, it was it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mastered that game inside and out. Okay, yeah. Um, Resident Evil 2. Yes. yes. Like, I know 4 was probably one of the best ones. In fact, the best one. I saw you playing it, mm-hmm. like, not too long ago. Yep. But 2 was my... Yes, Resident Evil Two was probably the only one I beat, mm-hmm. and just like I just got so drawn into that story. Yeah, I remember beating that game like twice. Yeah, it was Leon and Claire Redfield. Yep. What was Leon's last name? Uh, Kennedy. There you go. Um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Was yeah, that was nineties. Yeah, ninety eight. All right, all right. Streets of Rage Two. Mm-hmm. As much as I loved all three of the Streets of Rage games. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I don't even want. I wanted to get. I want a reboot, an HD, just an HD remake. The hmm. same game. Yeah, I'm taking the safe route. 
Same game. The same game. Just, you know, a little update, updated graphics, but the same game. Mm, I'd say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or at least bring it back. Or at least just bring it back. It'll probably be with the. It'll probably come with the, state the mini Sega that's gonna come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Tekken. Okay, which one? Three. Three. Okay. I'd say three has the best soundtrack out of all of them. Probably. Oh, definitely. But um, that and just like you bet you okay, Double Dragon the game, not the movie, the <laughs> game. <laughs> and. Double Dragon's like late '80s, actually. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. Part two was on. Part two was on the NES Classic. Yep. So yeah, those are my top five video games of the of the '90s. Okay, some good ones. Yeah, and I mastered Tekken three. So as a matter of fact, I remember with Tekken three, I spent like a I spent a month on. My father was a musician. I spent a month on the road with him, mm. and. He had his PlayStation, and I played Tekken 3 inside and out. As a matter of fact, I played it so much mm-hmm. that because I got bored with it, mm-hmm. I deleted all of my father's info on his memory card. Remember those? Yep. And achieved everything back. Damn. You're that good? Yeah. Wow. Did you play with like, like I learned everything. Everybody's moves. I remember, as a matter of fact, I went into a house full of um. I went to a house full of Haitians. It was had to be about ten of them, mm. and they were all playing Tekken three. So I was the new guy. I, you know, I knew a couple of them. Shout out to Gene. He watches the show too. Okay. So I'm, he's like, "Yo, I'm like, yo, let me get on the sticks real quick. You know, let me, you know, let, let's, you know, let me get down." They're like, "All right, all right. He's probably good. He probably ain't gonna do nothing." Mm. I have, I beat. Every single one in that house. <laughs> I think Eddie was there for that one too. Wow. As a matter of fact, I was so good. Mm. Remember Gon, the little dinosaur? Yeah. Mastered him. Even him. Wow. Like you just mentioned, you, you remember all their button combinations and everything? Most of them, yeah. But I knew how to play with those guys, with every character. I've beaten all this story mode. Like I, like I said, when I tell you, I beat. Everything in that game, mm-hmm. everything. Wow, like you know, unlockables and everything. All of them. Like I said, I unlocked. I deleted his memory. I deleted all his Tekken stuff. Mm-hmm. He got mad at me for doing that. I said, "Listen, don't worry about it." And I got got it all back by the time that whole month was done. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the venues that he was performing at, I really couldn't go into. I snuck into, you know, a few casinos here or there, mm-hmm. you know. And not to mention some of the casinos. Oh my God, some of these beautiful casinos have arcades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh, especially like there was one out in Minnesota. That one was fire. Oh my God, that one was amazing. Mm. Oh man, I got I gotta find it. NBA Jam's a classic. Oh yeah, he's on fire. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, especially Bill and Hillary Clinton were secret characters. <laughs> That's and right. And Hillary was better. <laughs> That's right. They were. George Clinton was a <laughs> secret character. Oh, man. Like, there, there were a few celebrities in that game, right? Yeah, secret Jordan was one. Hmm. Yeah, Michael Jordan was actually in the game? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So go ahead. Run through. Uh, favorite video games. Well, uh, Ocarina of Time has to be on there. That's that's one of the few. Is it Ocarina? 
Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the few games that still holds up from the N64. Uh, Conquer's bad for a day. I actually hadn't played Conquer. That for a day. game was a. Hold on. Eddie, please tell me you are laughing. Because I mentioned Conker's Bad for Bad for a Day. I actually didn't learn about that game until I played it at his house. I never laughed so hard. <laughs> like, when I, mean, I just heard a freaking talking box that had, had a bigger box in him. He goes, help me get this fat-ass bitch off of my back. What? What? N64 game. Oh yeah, it was it was it was gonna be a kitty game, but then they turned it into an M-rated nightmare. And, yep, you see, look at look at me. Yes, all that all laughs because that shit had me dying. I do remember seeing footage of the game. Like you, there was one part oh, which YouTube you, you, it. you played. You you had to fight against a shit monster. I believe. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Wow. Okay. That was yeah. That was a good one. All but right. go ahead. All right. Our, Ocarina so, of Time. Yep. That uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh man, for the Super NES, that okay, yeah, Chrono Trigger by Square SquareSoft now Square Enix. That was that was the best RPG on the SNES, and that's saying something because SNES had so many great ones. Mostly the Final Fantasy series, like Final Fantasy, Super Mario RPG, mm. uh, Lufia, Breath of Fire. But Chrono Trigger, in terms of story, the soundtrack, the characters, the gameplay, the perfect RPG right there. Boom. Um, def- I would say Chrono Trigger. Better than Final Fantasy Seven. That's how good it is. Yeah, you're finna start an argument with that. Oh no. If you wanna argue with Victor, yo, yo. send us your email at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, I will fight you on that. Star Fox uh, for Super. That was fun. Um but I wouldn't put it in my top five. Uh Super Metroid, however, I would put on there. Okay. That's a great game. Okay. Um man, what else? Uh, hmm. Oh, the first Metal Gear Solid. All right. Yep that that the classic game. And hmm, what other nope, games? Onomushu was two thousand. Yeah, Onomushu was two thousand one, so that wouldn't count. Um, dang. Oh, you're right. Two thousand one. Yeah. I was in eleventh grade when I got. That was the first PlayStation game. PlayStation two game I got. Yep. Mega Man. Um, yeah, the 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 X series was 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 fun, difficult but fun. Right. Um, dang, what would be my number five game? Uh, um, there's so many, but if I if I had to look at just on the Super NES, okay, I'll go with uh, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island. As my fifth game, okay. Because I remember playing. That okay, game a I lot. can't disagree with that. Yeah, that game. That game was really fun, even though Baby Mario was annoying as fuck when he cried. <laughs> but you know, that game was really fun. All right. Yeah. So that's my top five. Well, five favorite video games. There's more, right. but. So um, this pretty much concludes that. I'll just let you know, the '90s was the last great. De- the '90s was the last great decade. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Early 2000s was cool, but then once the world heard you, that was it. Oh, Soldier Boy. When did that come out? Like 2007. Oh, man. Superman, 07. that hoe. I mean, I, th- I think, I mean, are, are you saying that the 90s was the last great decade? It was because like that was when you came of age, when you didn't have any adult responsibilities? And then. No, I had some at that time. I had some. Okay. I mean, 
I mean, let, I mean, let's let's not let. I mean, nostalgia is one thing, but let's not let our rose tinted nostalgia glasses you know, cloud our judgment. I mean, nineties wasn't perfect, but like any decade. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like you know, kids who grew up in the two thousands would say two thousands was the best decade. I hear a lot of kids say, "I was I grew up in the wrong era." I'm like, you don't shut your young ass up. <laughs> oh my gosh! But um. So, um but yeah, uh, but yeah, what? So yeah, uh, let us know what your favorite '90s stuff and things we are. Uh, it'll speak for yourself. Uh, Codex Prime Podcast at Gmail Let us know what your thoughts, favorite '90s, whatever. And uh, we do have one email from John Haponic, the supervillain. Yes. Uh, subject line reads: Team Victor and BVS. <laughs> okay. John Haponic says. <clears throat> I will always be pro plaid. That's right. That's fucking right, John. And while and while I don't wear it every time I watch the show, clothes that make you happy are what matter. Thank you, John. You, you know what? Just a quick aside. Thank you for that uh, lovely line. Big shout outs to Afton O'Neill for uh, joining us last week. God, that was one of my that it's that's becoming my favorite episode. Um, it, it I'll say that it is my favorite episode uh, to date. However. We have to agree to disagree, Afton. I don't understand how anybody can be too old to wear plaid. I mean, plaid is just a pattern. I mean, I don't understand what age has to do with it, but whatever. Agree to disagree. And, and listen, I rock plaid just fine. In fact, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Get your life. So anyway, let's move You're on. You're doing this a little too much. This, this, is, too, this is too much. I, I, I yeah, adding like, some sassiness into it too. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, what? I mean, it, it, I mean, don't you have to add sass with the, with the hand gesture? No, you should not be doing that hand gesture. Period. Whatever. Anyway, uh, going back to John's email. Um, so yeah, the clothes that make you happy are what matter. If that means little coming from me, then Clark Kent wore not one but two different plaid shirts in Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, which is arguably Victor's favorite movie. Google it if you need proof. Subliminal, maybe. If Superman is awesome enough to wear two plaid shirts in a movie that gave us Wonder Woman and that Batman warehouse fight, then Victor must be awesome too with his vast plaid collection. Coincidentally, that started about a year or so ago. Back when BVS was released, you know who doesn't wear plaid? Probably Marvel heroes. Best regards. They have style. Shut up. Best regards, John Haponic. P.S. Okay, so I so I at least confirmed Steve Rogers wore an inferior plaid shirt in Captain America. P.P.S. Thor Ragnarok looks terrible. God, he's such a hater. <laughs> God. So, so. Okay, and you got some. <laughs> you, we got some responses for that. Okay. Okay. Eddie says I went through a Hawaiian shirt period. I did too, and it was a very short Hawaiian shirt period. Mm, I, I had some too back then. And yeah, Nelly made those cool for some reason from that EI video. Mm. And uh, Jennifer Green says plaid is no bueno. Okay, listen. You know what? I I I I, I need I need to solve this once and for all. Okay, Jennifer, since you're on the show on the chat. Explain to me why plaid is no bueno. What is so bad about plaid? All right? That kind of rhymes. What is so bad about plaid? I mean, plaid is just a pattern, right? I mean, I don't understand how... Maybe it's just a matter of taste. Maybe it's a matter of opinion. I don't get it. I am looking forward to Afton's email when she hears this. I mean, 
I mean, hey, everybody's got their own materials. Like, like Afton's, Afton's rocking her denim just fine. You know, I rock my plaid just fine. And you, whatever. I have style. You see me in all types of stuff. You see me in all types of stuff. Right. Not on the show, apparently. But I'm on a nerd show. I'm going to rock some nerd shirts. <laughs> Listen, I'm not rocking any nerd shirts. I mean, I could. about the culture? I'm about the culture too, son. Right, so you know, I'm I I choose to show it on the show with nerd shirts. I do wear them a lot, but most of the time I'm at work, and then I just go in hanging out with my boys, yeah. and that's it. But if I'm going to step out, yeah, please believe I'm going to be extra. Hey, me too. I'm usually extra when that I step out. That shit was not fucking extra. Listen, you went. What you're wearing now is something you would have wore to like a dinner party. No, no, no. Here's the thing, though. No, no. Here's the thing. That dinner party, though, was strictly like they didn't have a dress dress code. It was just technically they said you can dress up in 1940s, but even then, he's like, "Yo, you're going to a dinner party. You gotta like come up looking." (laughs) And he was like, "Nerds, you're damn right." But if you're going to a dinner party, like you got you gotta dress to impress. Okay, but. Even, regardless, even if it's like around people who already know us, you still gotta kind of, you still gotta dress to impress. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, what do they care? It don't matter. It's just, it's just coming. Ladies don't like plaid. Oh, Jennifer said it. I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get that. I don't understand how ladies don't like plaid, but you know we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. And maybe I have to, maybe I need more education on the matter. But listen, I rock plaid just fine. Maybe better than most dudes. Maybe dudes are hating on my swagger. Listen, I'm hey hashtag team plaid. All right, so what? Plaid nerds in the house. That's what we do. All right. All right. Pop your collar. You know what I'm saying? Pop your plaid collar. You know, swig a beer for the plaid working man. All right. Well, let's move on to the question of the week. <laughs> All right. Question of the week. What well, last week? Which PlayStation console had the best titles? So on Instagram, this one actually got some pretty fair um, responses. Okay. Uh, Valet Malweeder. Mm-hmm. These people with their names, but hey, mm-hmm. thank you for responding. Please, PS One. P two, who drew, who uh, he was the artist behind one of our cover pictures with all when all four of us was on the show. So big shout outs to him. Mm-hmm. He said the golden era of for the RPG and the starting point for many franchises. He's talking about PS one. Okay. Not to mention that remakes that remakes and remasters are a thing. Yeah. Okay. Lil Machiavelli nineteen says PS one and PS two. Don't argue with me. Everybody knows these two systems. Help launch Sony into legendary status. Sad to see how Sony treats them nowadays. Mm. Yep. Two 100 emojis. Yep. And John Aponic. PS2 was the better system overall, but PS1 had everything. Tekken 2, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy Tactics, Twisted Metal 2, and Tony Hawk, just to name a few. Best overall and innovative. Okay. So on our Facebook, um, Aris Burgesson says PS2. And Nick Quattrini says, "I'd say PS2. They almost they they had almost had all the GTA games: Three, Vice, San, Marvel vs. Capcom, Final Fantasy X was one of, was a favorite of mine. It blew me away how how good that how good that I looked. I was wa- looked like I was watching Final Fantasy movie. The spirits within. Ooh, that. Oh my God! Oh. 
That game can still hold up in 2017. <laughs> I remember playing DBZ. I played Jack and Daxter, but wasn't a hardcore fan. I just YouTube the endings, and they died in just like everything, like every ending. All right. So, uh, oh, Eddie says PlayStation Two, and that's saying and that's saying a lot because I'm a Nintendo fan. Mm. Wise choice. And Jennifer Green says, old people wear plaid. Jeez. So this week's question of the week. Name a movie that you watched as a kid that you shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, there were a lot. Oh, there were a lot of movies I shouldn't have watched when I was a Cost kid. Was just screwed up ass. <laughs> uh, ro- well, obviously RoboCop, RoboCop Two, uh, Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, um, and a couple of the other Jason movies. Um, man, Night of the Living Dead says Eddie. Oh, uh, that's a good one. I actually watched that uh, just a f- few years ago, actually. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's more. I gotta really think about that. Cause, but, 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 for, but what I mentioned alone, man, I'll, I watched all those movies before I turned eight. <laughs> so, man. All right. Wow. I I have two that stand out in my head. Species two. <laughs> oh, shit, species. I remember two. that. Yep. And Jade. Oh. I don't even remember what Jade was about. David Caruso was in that, right? Yes. And I only remember that just because they mentioned it in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. Yep. Like, I would love to watch that again. But I remember, like, there was a scene where it was just some girl just, like, kind of just gave his dude head. And, I'm, and she just did it out of nowhere. Mm. I laughed because um, I was in sixth grade and naive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was a movie I probably shouldn't have been watching as a kid. Oh man, you know, so I think that is a, I gotta find that somewhere. Hopefully, it's on like HBO now or something. Hmm. Okay. Um. I I will say like th- there's no specific movie, but I remember when I was a kid and um the premium channels you could they were scrambled. Oh, scramble like, porn. Scrambled porn like Skinamax or like the HBO like Real Sex or whatever. Like like you you it, the, the the image would be all fuzzy and scrambled, but sometimes but you'd be like the audio was. Crystal clear as fuck. Yup, <laughs> you could you could hear them. Oh, the Spice Channel. Remember yeah. that shit? Uh, yes, I remember the Spice Channel. Like, like Timmy Cut. Ka- oh man, my old manager from Advance, Timmy Cowell says Porky's. You are not a man until you watch Porky's. Okay, full disclosure. I've seen thousands and thousands of movies. I have never seen Porky's. Yeah, what? I've never seen Porky's. Yo, I am digging up that movie, and I'm letting you borrow that. Is it on DVD? Yes. Okay. Regular DVDs. So. All right. That's fine. But you have to see Porky's. You are not a man until you see Porky's. I have put my little cousins on the Porky's. Of course, they were like, they're teen, they were teenagers okay. at the time. Yeah. But I was like, once I caught, I saw it for like three bucks. I'm like, snatch it. I'm like, yo. And I came up, I came down to them because we were all living in one house. Mm. I said, yo, listen, we're watching this movie right now. Like, yo, what's Porky's? We're watching this right now. You will thank me later. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Each and every single one of them thanked me. But 
that's where like somebody drills a hole in the girl's shower room. Is that is that is that it? That somewhat. And I'm gonna leave. I'm, don't spoil it for him. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you need to watch Porkins. I actually worked with like some like very older guys. Mm-hmm. I used to work at a auto parts warehouse back in the day, and they was just like, "You gotta watch Porkins." That's how I got put onto the movie. These guys were like in their sixties. Okay. And they said you have to watch Port. You have to watch Porky's. All right. Watched it. Laughed my ass off. Okay. Oh man. All oh. right. I'll put that on my radar. Oh, Porky's. Cool. Oh, I want to watch it now. <laughs> it's that good. Mainly for two scenes, but you enjoy the hell out of it. Okay. Those two scenes make the entire movie. Okay, I got you. All right, cool. Porky's, I'll 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 put that on the uh on the queue. So uh so yeah um, yep. Is something something on the chat? Nah. Okay. So yeah, and he's um, just like, what? You never seen Porky's? Hey, hey, there's there's a bunch of movies I haven't seen yet, but but yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Codex Prime, episode ninety. We are on the road to episode one hundred. Uh, as, as I'm not talking about you being in your 60s. I know you're in your 30s, Timmy. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, send us your thoughts on on Facebook, uh, I, I Instagram, Twitter, as well as CodexPrimePodcast at gmail.com. And Carl, where where can people find our episodes? YouTube, iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. SoundCloud, Google Play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we're we're everywhere. We're in your hopes and dreams. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, we will catch you on the flip next week for episode 91. And, uh, we're having a guest next week. Yes. Uh, we will have, uh, Jim Savard. Returning will... guest. Yep. Returning guest. Uh, creator. I can't remember exactly which, which number episode was it you would know in three, two, one. I think episode 12. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yes, Jim Savard will be returning back to the show, the creator of the Hellion comic book series on its fourth issue right now. And uh, that should be pretty on and popping. So uh, Definitely will be. Oh, yes. So we will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. Peace out, nerds. Later. Later.